Hey guys, thanks for joining. Um, just take a few minutes setting this up. Um, there's another room on COVID in our club, Preservation of the Human Race, alongside. Um, we might be moving some people over. Hang on in there. Thank you so much for coming along. This could get a bit feisty, to put it mildly. <laughs> um, and if you've got any links about 5G or radiation, that sort of thing, that you think would be useful, I'd be really chuffed if you can send them to me on the back channel. I'll be back with you shortly. And, oh, ping people in. Yay. Hi, Alex. I'm Marilyn. Um, I'm just setting up the room. Um, thank you to everybody in the audience as well. If you can be patient, we'll just take a few minutes to set it up and get going. Um, Marilyn, Alex, please ping some people in and uh, we will be starting hopefully in three or four minutes. Uh, great, Robert. I'll pull you up. Hang on in there.
Hey, Manny, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, thank you. So um, Robert is going to be my right arm in terms of controlling any naughty shouting things that break out. Is that okay, Robert? Yeah, that's totally <laughs> fine. I'm just in the background here. I'll help keep the stage in order, no problem. Fine. Okay, so um, the people that uh, we are bringing up on the stage will predominantly be mods at this time. Um, so that will be Zensei and... Uh, other people within the preservation of the human race who have stepped forward. Um, so, Robert, if I'm going to mod you, obviously, um, just be careful who you bring up at the moment, and then we can open it up a little bit later on, um, if that's okay. Now, guys, you've got to join the club in order to come up on the stage. I'm going to be strict this time. And also, Robert, I'd only like to bring people on the stage who have got some sort of bio and have got a link to a social media platform. We do not want all the people on the stage who are pretending to be others, who are trolls, or who are just up here to show off their nice curly hair. That is not what we are after. <laughs> Absolutely, so, you got it. Join I'll, the club. I'll look for social handles and uh, make sure that you're a real person. All right, thanks, Manny. Yeah, Manny. fantastic. Zensei, thanks for joining. Zensei is my co-mod. And uh, very important who he is. Thanks for um, coming up here. Have you had a chance to read any of my millions of emails of research? I Sensei? definitely did glance at quite a few, and you have some gems in there. I didn't get a chance to see all of it, but I will be uh, glancing back and forth, absolutely. Fantastic. Now, unusually, <laughs> very unusually, there are a few people that the preservation of the human race are very, very cautious about bringing on the stage. And I'm going to name this person because I've already spoken to her and approved it. But if somebody called Lou, L-U, comes into the room, I've invited her to pop up on the stage as long as she doesn't talk over other people and as long as she brings evidence for what she is saying. But the same rule applies to everybody. If you come on the stage, we want evidence. I'm not sure I know the answer to any of this. I've been exploring it with other people. I've got loads of research. I've got loads of fantastically impressive scientists on videos and on peer-reviewed papers. But this is actually a room where I don't claim to know the answers, <laughs> which is what I need. So, Robert, just quickly, if Lou pops in, um, she is allowed on the stage. Normally, she's not in this club. But she has a very strong opinion that the virus does not exist. And I'm keen to know how she stands that up. So for this room, we are happy to have people with those types of contentious views. In fact, we want them, go out and find them. But as long as they can find the evidence that will teach us or convince us that there is something correct and respectable that we should actually take stock of and research and find out whether or not it has proof behind it. That's the way we're working this one. Does that make sense? 100%. And it could get a bit meaty. So, Robert, put on your bodyguard outfit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll put on my tough boy suit. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, I'm just going to bring a couple more people up that I'd like to help me on the stage. Um, and please, could I ask that you make sure you all join the club? And I would also like to make sure that you are pinging some more people in because this is only going to happen once this could be the biggest fight club don't 
mention the name Fight Club. Okay, so there's only going to be one of these. It could be a bust up. It could end up as a food fight or we could get some sensible answers and really kick ass in terms of what the cover ups, cover ups, plural, are. Um, So (laughs) make sure you get other people in and tell them. Uh, to wear protective gear. That's probably the thing to do. (laughs) Okay. If anybody who is in the audience currently desperately wants to join the stage, you can now flash your mic or put your hand up. And I'm going to let Robert and Zensei choose up to 10 more people to come on the stage who are able to add to the debate. And Annette, yes, we'll definitely get you up and be behaved in terms of helping us get through the mess of radiation, 5G, virology, epidemiology, and everything else with an ology on the end of it, but we want the evidence. So we're also talking 5G towers. We're talking exposure to different different levels of frequency. We will be talking about the virus itself, the origin of the virus, uh, gain of function. Uh, Was the virus produced in the lab? Was it produced naturally? Where did it come from? Was it unleashed as a cover-up? Was it a scapegoat to actually cover up the already known very dangerous effects of things like 5G? There are many different things I'm going to cover, and I'm also going to start with a premise, which is my particular feeling. But I want somebody to kick that out of the ballpark, if you can, because... I don't like being right because when I'm right, it normally is not a good thing. (laughs) Well, some of the time. Okay, so I'm going to two minutes and then we are going to make a start. Thanks, guys. Ping people in. Yes, just to give my own brief perspective on this. Uh, I personally believe that uh, the either-or paradigm can be a little bit dangerous. And so because we live in a duality, we're very tempted to believe it's black or white. And a lot of these very complex geopolitical, exopolitical issues uh, are very nuanced. And so I do believe there is a virus, and I also believe that there are uh, 5G, uh, obviously, uh, ramifications on the body in a negative way, and that could even mimic COVID symptoms, <clears throat> which are pretty common anyway. And uh, the back channel I got from you, Money Penny, the NIH uh, abstract, I did actually screenshot it and I can read it at a later time or now if you like. But it was uh, surprising because they admit on NIH.gov, you so astutely pointed out that there is a lack of of attention and concern and investigation in the safety of 5G, and it's been rolled out so rapidly. So it is a really good point to bring up. So I'm more of a both. Yeah, let's go across the stage now and just get some initial views from everybody else before we get into the deep of it. Let's just go around to Annette and Daryl, Alex and Michael. Um, Let's just have your opinions. Before we start, where are you on the virus versus radiation frequencies and 5G. What's your position? Or just your thoughts, even? Annette? Oh, I'll, uh, if no one wants to talk. Oh, okay, Michael, you go first. Go for it. Thank you. Um, as far as the virus with radiation, um, I definitely know... It causes cancer. It's not good for our health, overall health. Um, but 
I think there's bigger situations to talk about. Is it all right if I go like a little off topic? Uh, not yet, no, because we haven't started the room. Can you hang on to those thoughts? We're just going to stay on the topic because we're on intro at the moment. Um, Annette, can you do your little intro? Hi, Money Penny. Uh, thank you for inviting me up. Um, I think of all the things I'm most suspicious about 5G is the fact that during the lockdowns, there seemed to be an awful lot of towers went up. And um, I remember driving around Blackpool. Um, probably six months after the lockdown and just being totally shocked at, um, you know, the amount of towers. Uh, now, I, I think, you know, I haven't taken the, the vaccine but or the jab, <laughs> but um, there is one curious thing I get sometimes, and I don't know what it is, but sometimes I, I hear a kind of, um, it's almost like a metal headache. And I don't know whether anyone else, it's almost like a flash of lightning through the head when I'm lying down at night. And it doesn't happen very often. But I do wonder whether that's something to do with 5G. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. So that's my share. But uh, I don't know whether anybody else has had that. Yeah, I think we're going to get onto that headbanging thing a lot. We've also had some news out today about Havana syndrome that's mildly connected. Daryl, on to you next. Michael, could you keep your mic closed, please, Michael? Uh, Robert, can you just ensure mics are all closed, please, other than the speaker on the, on this on this um, platform? Thank you, Daryl. Hey, hello, Manny Penny, and thank you for having me up on the stage and for having this conversation. I am wearing uh, my figurative cowboy helmet and I've got wire mesh underwear on so uh, <laughs> I can take it <laughs> so I'm all battled up give that um, man a banana pardon me it's a British expression give that man a banana or oh. a cake or a chocolate mouse all right. <laughs> well all done right. All right. Oh, thank you uh, my my uh, I think the evidence is clear about several things related to uh, this virus number one you know, I mentioned in the room, I think, with you maybe earlier, but I, I find it very, very peculiar that two months before this virus thing broke out that we had the Harvard professor that was recruited into the 1,000 Talents program busted with one of his Chinese or uh, nationals, two of them are actually Japanese officers working as his students, trying to smuggle 21 vials. And it just happened uh, the Department of Justice gave their first public briefing, and I think that was the last one. We didn't hear about it in the media at large. I then found out that he was being funded, paid for his research in Wuhan. So that was one thing, uh, just, just a, mere, a curious peculiarity or coincidence. But uh, I think that there's a connection there that hasn't been made yet. And then also to go to the 5G, that the first, I think the first 55 g towers were erected in Wuhan around the same period of time, just before the, this virus broke out. And my personal feelings about the virus, and I think uh, the evidence would support uh, the conversations people are having that the, uh, well, we'll say the vaccine itself, in my opinion, behaves more like a virus, just like the virus does. There's a real phenomenon that's happening, and it was injuring, hurting people, hospitalizing people. Uh, but then we're finding that the vaccine has a similar effect, and it offers no safeguards and it's debatable whether we can call the vaccine a vaccine at all. And uh, particularly, we're tampering now with mRNA for the first time in human beings. And so, uh, as I understand it, that is a highly unstable uh, material to mess with, which is why it's been avoided. So, 
and the outcomes, I think, are really sporadic and unpredictable, which might explain all these other variants and um, we still know how it's going to pop up and how it's going to behave. So just in a nutshell, you know, I love a good conspiracy. Uh, I I can produce articles and things to kind of back that up, but with the uh, the radio towers going in and the 5G that went in, as uh, they just alluded to during our lockdowns, and the rush for the United States to be in that game. I remember President Trump saying that we had to be on the national front. We had to beat China in terms of 5G deployment. And then we've got another billionaire putting satellites and web links up in the air, and we're checking people with nanoparticles and graphene. So uh, the whole thing just stinks like a conspiracy to me, and I think the pieces will come together more and more, but none of it makes sense. And, and my premise for that. It's kind of like a syllogism. I heard Martin Luther King say once, just about the nonsense that happened during the civil rights legislation and all the debates. But he said, we have a situation where solutions haven't solved, the answers don't answer, and the explanations don't explain. So it's just ludicrous. I'll rest my plane here, and thank you very much. Thank you. Now, I'm going to um, give the mic to Robert to just control the intro bit. Um, we're going to limit people on the stage. I've got a couple of more people coming up um, from the club as well, which is great. Uh, make it pop. Stop hiding in the audience. Um, I'm going to get you up. Um, if uh, Robert can just take over, we're going to give two minutes to everybody on the stage to do that little intro. We're then going to go to my and Zensei's intro, where we're going to reveal some of the research from both sides and play a short um, audio from a professor, which will give you a stunning insight into something that I don't think you'll be that aware of, because I wasn't, um, unless you are a 5G engineer. And if you are, please join the stage. Um, you'll also notice above you that there is a link, Moneypenny 5G Research. If you click on that, you will go through to about 10 or 15 different evidences in the case of uh, scientific papers, uh, links to videos, links to news articles, all about the topic. So if while you are sitting there twiddling thumbs, you want to read up a bit on what information we already have, do click on that link and you're welcome to obviously to save and keep the research yourself. Um, so Moneypenny 5G Research, just click on that there. So Robert, I think we're going on to Alex next. Yeah, that's great. Uh, just so really quickly, guys, you need to follow the club, the preservation of the human race in order for me for the hand raising option to be on for you. So please do that. And just to back up what Money Penny said, try to keep it under two minutes for the intro. Y'all are great. And you said Renette was first or Zensei? Uh, Alex, I think is next. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, thanks for doing this room. I've only just found out about it. Found out about it. Um, I, I'm convinced that the virus is real. To put, put it that way, it's been it's been sequenced. You know, its DNA has been sequenced. Of course, there are variants, but the original one and even the very even the new ones have been sequenced or studied very closely. The new variants, and uh, we know exactly what shape the spike protein has and what it looks like. Um, so, so there's definitely a virus which uh, was almost certainly engineered in the lab in Wuhan and got either deliberately leaked uh, as a Chinese or a Hong Kong witness would would, aver, would assert and or it was um, uh, it was accidentally released um, I don't know much about so the vaccines are also a, uh, a shit show to quote 
Steve Kirsch, um, say at least the ones on the ones that use spike proteins with using one human tissue, they um, they produce the same spike protein, which is actually cytotoxic, cytotoxic, and it causes massive damage even in the brain. If it gets there and it keeps getting, and it makes the cells keep producing it up to 15 months or so, according to Bruce Patterson, after you've been vaccinated um, without providing immunity for very long, despite that. Um, and uh, I don't know much about 5G, right? I've, I'm open-minded. I used to believe that it was harmless because it's non-ionizing radiation, and that's what everyone told me. Um, so it's a new, uh, but I'm prepared to be more open-minded than I used to be about that. I used to be right. I'm, I'm, surprised, I'm, I'm aware now of how prejudiced I was and how much of an echo chamber I was in only about nine months ago. Um, so I'm hoping to being convinced otherwise about 5G. And there is, a, there is indeed a patent which Pfizer has put out, I believe it was Pfizer, um, for little tiny black discs to be injected into humans along with vaccines or, in, you know, along or as a vaccine, which uh, on which can be recorded um, scores for people as to how compliant they are, essentially. And it's all described in this patent, which I can't, which I've seen or looked at and read a fair amount of. So um, there are definitely dastardly plans for people uh, for people who get vaccinated. And of course, part, one of the things they want to check is whether they are due for another vaccine. <laughs> so uh, so they'll, they'll get somehow notified because they can have information about their biometrics stored on these things as well. And they can be read off using electromagnetic radiation or EMF. So um, uh, that was the plan on the patent. So. Uh, and that could be done by 5G. So even if 5G itself is harmless, it can be used for nefarious purposes. Um, quite obviously, if this technology is allowed to happen, and it's quite possible that they've been trialling these uh, little disc-like things in the current rollout of vaccines, because so no one will be allowed to, is allowed to look at the contents of the vials. And it's obviously clear now that they vary a lot in their contents, and some of them actually contain uh, graphene hydroxide, not not graphene oxide, but graphene hydroxide, as as Professor Nowak would refer, who speaking about a paper that was released in Switzerland, uh, I think it was Switzerland, could have been somewhere else. Anyway, and he I think your dead. two minutes is coming up. Okay, I'm, 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 this is my last point. So, I, I, so that's really all I want to say. Thank you for thank you for having, here, listening to me. Um, I'm I'm very keen to hear what others have to say. Great, thanks, Alex. Uh, Michael's had his due. We get to Clinton. Hello, Clinton, please. I go because I didn't go. Uh, you had a little chat before, but let's do an intro, Michael. One minute. Go now. One minute. Can I get two minutes like everyone else? <laughs> okay. You're pushy, but I'm going to let you go. But don't go off topic, please. Of course not. Hey, I'm Michael, and I am real. I have my real name on my clubhouse. One of the very few people on clubhouse that Ashley puts their real name with their real socials. I just want to make everyone aware of that. Um, my account is real with my real name, with my real socials. No, I didn't make a fake Instagram just to have a Clubhouse account without my real name. Just want to say that. And also with the 5G towers and the virus, I don't think they're compatible I don't think the 5G towers controls the vaccine or the virus in any way. Um, I believe these 5G towers are mostly for technology advancing at such a high rate ha how it's been since 2020. 
I think these 5G towers are um, a key tool for um, the metaverse, um, NFTs, and cryptocurrency. So I think this is something they really need to advance the metaverse where they want everyone to transition their real lives into a digital world, which is the metaverse. And as this new world order is, um, it's already going on, the new world order uh, for the 21st century. So these 5G towers are key for that transition um, into the world becoming one nation with a one world currency being the the digital currency of uh, cryptocurrency. Um, and with the metaverse, 5G tower, with the metaverse will make it a lot faster. So while we're in the digital world, it'll be faster downloads, uh, faster purchases we make with our cryptocurrencies by NFTs inside the metaverse. I think that's what the 5G towers are mostly for. But with that also comes consequences to our human health. Um, so I just want to make everyone aware um, about that um, being the key source, I believe, um, as well as um, people should be aware that cryptocurrencies, NFTs, and metaverse are the three um, tools that equals communism. So they want to make it look like we'll have, uh, well, we'll have freedom in the digital world, but versus our real life, we'll have no freedom. So it's it's this cryptocurrency, digital um, digital currency, um, metaverse, and NFTs is just distraction for communism. So people think it's great, like how the internet was great when it first came out, but they stole all our data and everything about us. So now they control us, what we see, what we believe, and and all of that, and they know everything about us because they have our data. Now this Web three is going to be a hundred times more powerful than the internet. And they'll control us by uh, mostly um, being in the metaverse. And this is why you see hundreds of celebrities and hundreds of athletes promoting NFTs in the metaverse and cryptocurrencies. We've never seen um, a, to a hot topic like this being um, promoted by hundreds of celebrities and hundreds of athletes. Never seen this before in our lives. And it's all happening all at once out of nowhere. So that's something to really open your eyes on. Because um, you know this is this is this is this is their way of distracting us from communism, from becoming a communist communist nation. And if you don't know what communism is, I advise you guys look that up. Um, because we're slowly turning into China, Vietnam, um, and Ukraine because they're all communist nations. And the time is up, Michael, and, but some and, good and points because the CCP, we cannot ignore the CCP and part and, of the politics and, and, that Michael and, is referring and, to. And one more thing before I, I, I land, if you guys, you guys should really, really look at when you listen to some of uh, the people on Clubhouse, check out their socials, see if they have a real name, if they use their real name. Some of these people um, that talk on Clubhouse, they don't want you find it out who they really are. Um, and Yeah, another, and wise, another wise lesson. Absolutely, Michael. But just for now, if I can just stop you, I'm sorry to be brief, but we've got so much material to cover here. I've got to be fairly strict on this. Um, but we are going to be going into those sorts of things. And Michael, some really good points. I appreciate that. Clinton. Clinton, are you with us? Hello. Hey, yes, guys. I am. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Clinton. I am a natural 
telepathic. You're a bit faint. Can you put your volume up, Clinton? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, a little better. A little better, okay. Um, yeah, and I've studied the topic germ theory. I read a book actually uh, by Dr. William Traven called Goodbye Germ Theory, and it's so interesting that they – in the book, it says there's no such thing as a contagious disease, you know, not even sexually transmitted diseases, and that all it is is your um, cells releasing toxins. And uh, so all it is is when people say they get, quote, unquote, sick, all that really is is just your body detoxifying itself. It's using its natural own ability to remove the toxins that have been accumulated throughout the years or whatever. Um, so that's so fascinating to me. Um but yeah, so I, I, I believe that COVID-19 is not a contagious virus. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you very much for having me on. Okay, Mama, Mama D. Hi, sweet money penny. All right, guys, all I've got on this, I'm here to learn. Um, I'm a 57-year-old grandmother and mom of one, grandmother of two. Michael, I gave you a follow. You said a lot of good stuff, and I'm, as you, who, what you see is what you get. I'm real as they come, and my name's real, and all that good stuff. But, but, um, but yeah, I do think COVID is a thing. I mean, I, I do think that. Uh, I do think but um, I'm against this whole metaverse business. But, of course, I'm 57, right? So I'm like, but I'm like, why do you want to live in a pretend world? I, none of this is meant. It makes about as much sense as this jab makes to me. So that I'm out, Money Penny. I'm not going to take up time, but I am here to learn from my beautifully brilliant friend, Money Penny. Thank you for having me. Oh, she's so sweet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jen, welcome to the stage, Jen. Would you like to go? Yeah, sure. I just wanted to add that uh, one of the things I taught uh, at the collegiate level for the military though was uh, the electromagnetic spectrum. So I am all in for the smoke on this 5G stuff. And the virus, do you believe it exists, Jim? Just yes or no? I believe something's out there, but I don't think it's what they're saying it is. Good answer. Okay, thanks. Justin. Hi, my name is Justin. I am the lunatic libertarian. I um, am a master diesel technician. Um, I fell into the 5G wormhole about nine years when I started studying welding and electromagnetic uh, waveforms for induction of energy into metals. So um, I like to talk about uh, 5G connectivity. Uh, there is a German company called Continental that is um, all for pushing 5G automation in uh, automobiles. And then they're probably one of the largest manufacturers of actual auto or heavy truck uh, ECUs on the market. And also um, Li-Fi and also um, augmented reality, um, pulse microwave radiation shielding and uh, cell damage, um, DNA damage that's done by uh, pulse microwave radiation and stuff like that. So I took a deep dive on it when I started learning welding, but um, I'm just a diesel mechanic. But um, light emitting diodes can transmit data. If you were to look up Li-Fi, it's the augmented reality, which goes into metaverse and all that other stuff. So nice to meet everybody.
You are a useful person to be on the stage. Do not move. Stay in that seat, Justin. We love you. And we also love Robert. Go for it, Robert. I was, I was just agreeing with hey, you Nick. also. Oh, Robert, down there. Go ahead, Robert. <laughs> oh, is it two Roberts? <laughs> okay, oh, you can be Red Robert. Go ahead, You've Robert, got red you in your picture. You're Red Robert, and then we've got Black Robert. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right, I'll try and do a minute on each. Um, so, Brett Weinstein has issued a warning, uh, quite a stark warning, um, which says that we are possibly about halfway through all of this um, in terms of the uh, the the, the demic. And uh, he warns that the the that the, um, the the pathogen is real, um, but the pathogen the pathogen was never the thing. Something rode in on the back of the thing, on the back of the pathogen. Um, that's the way he described it, which I thought was really cool. And he said this. He didn't name it. He said, but something rode in on the back of the pathogen 22 months ago. And he thinks we're about halfway through and he thinks that's a very dangerous point to be at. We've got to be super aware because that thing that rode in, uh, now that it's feeling threatened from multiple sides as the narrative collapses, is going to get, could get very fierce and very vicious very quickly uh, to to push back. So I just wanted to voice that. Um, EMF uh, and the the uh, the five G. I approach all of these things very cautiously. I'm I'm a natural skeptic when it comes to so-called conspiracy theories that I've written extensively about many, and I've I, I know for a fact I've been involved in several, um, not closely, but you know involved. Um, so this is not my first rodeo, uh, but five G I approach quite cautiously initially, and I'll tell you what the turning point was was when I had uh, a meter reader come around to my house. If, if, if you're not familiar with those in the UK, uh, we tend to get until smart meters come, of course, which is another story. But until, uh, the, the meters get read by people who come around in vans. And it used to be from your provider, but now it's uh, Morrison Data who do nothing else but send guys around reading meters and doing other bits and pieces. So I collared this guy, came around and read my meter one day. This is about two years ago. And, uh, and I, I called him and I said, can I ask you a couple of questions? He was like, sure. And I thought it would be in a r- real rush. I had him there for 40 minutes. <laughs> it was brilliant. But he, he really dropped some bombs on me because one of the things he said was that um, he, he, his view immediately was it's very dangerous. He says, we have people up masked fitting these and they get fucking zapped. Like, you know, they're, they're too close when they get switched on, basically. But he said, here's the thing as a data, as a data collector, he said, they, what they've done in blocks of flats is everybody's meter is no longer in their flat. Everybody's meter is now in the basement, all of them together. So he said, sometimes you can go into a room in a basement to read 40 or 50 of these smart, or check on 40 or 50 of these smart meters in a single room. And he says, and your skin tingles. You can feel it. And he said, it's absolutely horrible. He said his mum had a smart meter fitted, which was run on 5G. Well, Telelight was run on 4G, but it was pulsing several times a second, 24 hours a day, Wi-Fi signals back to home base. That's how they work. And and she didn't like it. He didn't like that she had it. She got it without telling him. And he said, right, we're going to get it taken out. And he said, I spent a month ringing the power company every other day, begging them to take this fucking thing out of my mum's house. And, and they wouldn't. And then somebody mentioned something to me and I went back to them the next day and I said, do you know what? She's getting headaches. 
she thinks she might be starting to get shingles and she's not able to get out of bed. Can you come in? And they were there by one o'clock that day and whipped the meter out and changed it for a traditional one. Those two stories from that one guy when, oh my God, this is, this is confirmed in my mind. I'll land there. Thank you. Epic as ever, Robert. That was Robert Red, Red Robert. Gosh, that's going to get Red confusing. <laughs> right. I want, <laughs> I'm going to start the show officially uh, with my opening stuff in a minute, but I just want to check with my mod Robert next to me, Robert in black. Do you want to add your little bit before we go? Sure. Yeah. I just want to uh, say everybody's being great and respectful and just try to uh, work through the uh, introductions right now, which are supposed to be at two minutes or under. I know I was a little out of here for a second, but I thank you guys for being here. Please follow the club preservation of the human race if you're not already. And I do believe that your hand raising option will not even be on if you're not joined in the club. And yeah, just like that, let's stay respectful and have a good debate here. Money Penny, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So, um, I'm working alongside Zensei here because Zensei has been very much um, my inspiration and also he's just encouraged me so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've just sort of found somebody with a very logical, analytical mind, but a mind that is open enough to take something that we may, anybody, anybody amongst us may have said a year or two ago, that's rubbish or that's bollocks it's just nothing to do with that and i was one of those people who initially thought that the whole 5g thing was just some tin foil hat wearing crazy people i'm going to admit that i'm holding my hand up but nothing is safe and nothing is sure in the world we're in today so over the last uh, probably 10 months or so I've been doing much more research into it um, and sharing a lot of that research with NSA. And I'm going to start off by just giving you some of the big sort of mic drop facts or figures that I can evidence that make me question everything. OK, and then I'm going to talk you through my premise that I want everybody here to either confirm or debunk. And I know we're not going to achieve all of it tonight, but I'd like to have a bloody good go at being able to do a board like a doctor would be doing if he was investigating somebody with a really complex illness, with really weird stuff going on. Um, very much like one of my uh, mentors and icons that is Dr. House. And I don't know if anyone's seen Dr. House, but what he does is he finds out what's wrong with people in very extreme and unusual circumstances, down to sneaking into their houses and looking under their floorboards to see if there's strange mold growing. So that's what I want to play tonight. I want to play house, and I want you guys to join me in playing house and be good detectives. And anybody that comes up on stage any time later in the show, um, you can come up too and play house, but you must bring evidence with you, okay? And to give you some background, click on the link at the top, the Money Penny 5G research. That gives you a lot of links that you can start to look at. Okay. Um, Zensei, I'm going to run through my top points, and then I'm going to come over to you, and we will go from there. Is that okay? Sounds perfect. Fabulous. Right. Number one. What is a virus? Okay. Technically, a virus could be described as a parasite. A virus is an organism which on its own cannot live. 
it needs to live within a host cell. And on a very simplistic level, the virus will cause damage to a cell. What is radiation? What is 5G emitting? Generally, simplistically, cell damage. Radiation produces damage to cells. So we start there. Now let's look back at the dates of the big pandemics in history where millions of people have been taken ill or died and may have been put down to a virus or to a pathogen. So let's look at the dates, and this has been done expertly by another doctor in a short video. But you look at the dates of things like the bubonic plague, the Spanish plague, um, the Spanish flu, the Hong Kong flu, all these dates going back in times. Now, if you want to do this, I went to Wikipedia and I printed out the top 20 of hundreds of different worldwide pandemics, illnesses that have killed people. So, for example, the Black Death killed approximately 78 million people in 1350. Okay, Spanish flu killed between 17 and 100 million people in 1918. HIV is still with us, but has already killed 36.3 million people and came out really in 1981. Hong Kong flu killed about 4 million people and came out in 1968. Cholera, 1860, killing over a million. Influenza, and possibly an HN1 or HN2 strain, was at its largest when worldwide it killed over a million people in 1890. Let's start there. What else happened in 1890? In 1895, X-rays were discovered. The first X-rays that were ever done using high frequency electrons and kappa rays were used 1895 and did the first x-rays on somebody's hand where they could see the bones behind the skin. Between 1895 and 1900, where at that time we know we had the 1890 influenza flu pandemic and just before the 1860 cholera epidemic and very close we're coming up on the 1918 Spanish flu and the 1918 typhus outbreak killing three million. Whilst all of those were going on, millions of scientists were examining electrons, which were discovered to be something that could produce amazing amounts of energy in heavy charged particles, creating what was then discovered in 1900 to be the first discovery of different types of radiation alpha, beta, and gamma, based on photons. So we have electrons, neutrons, photons. We have all these things that have probably been around for a long time, but they're only discovered in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And then bang, gamma rays discovered just before 1926, photons actually being ejected from the nucleus of a cell. And that's where things got hairy. A guy called Chadwick, 1932, had then taken this to a whole new level and discovered 
that you could take alpha particles from substances like polonium, uh, beryllium, and if you added hydrogen, you would then create what is called ionization or ionized radiation. Radiation that is ionizing, a completely different lift again. So 1932, we go back to look, did we have any pandemics around that time? 1932, was anybody seriously ill at the time that we discovered ionizing radiation? Well, mysteriously, not really. But when we move a bit further forward, February the 27th, 1932, the journal that we still know these days, Nature, published the first paper which showed the use of photons, electrons, radiation, and energy destroying human cells. Now, there are many, many links to these dates that I've given you of pandemics and illnesses and something other than radiation. And that is in the war using radar for the first time around the 1930s. Radar being used for the first time ties up exactly with a pandemic. The first time we put satellites up into space, which is the 1968, yes, 1968, Hong Kong flew, 4 million people died in 1968. That's when the satellite era took off. Um, so you can see what I'm getting at. There are a lot of links between human illness and mass amounts of deaths when we have made technological breakthroughs as a human community whether it be using electromagnetic forces, radiation, or some sort of technology that has made a big leap forward and a big change. And that's one of the things that started to spook me out, that there seems to be a relationship between periods of big illness and periods of innovative technology appearing. So that was number one on my list. But the next thing I looked at is when you are looking at radiation, most people look at something like Chernobyl. They look at a big blast, a huge amount of radiation. But what you really need to look at is what happens to the human body when there are very small amounts of radiation let out over a much longer period. And I started studying that. And in particular, I started studying radiation sickness. And that is where it got very scary, because most of you will know I'm a long COVID sufferer, and I've had 150-odd symptoms, all quite strange, over two years. But what totally jumps out is that about 80 85% of all my symptoms and all the symptoms I've read about along the COVID journey can also be symptoms of radiation illness. Strangely enough, even in the last few weeks, whilst there have been more 5G towers put up where I live, in the UK, right next to the UK's head of secret services, MI5, MI6, um, the cyber center of the UK effectively is, is around the corner from me, my hair started falling out. And I used to get burns on my arms that looked like little red rashes at any time over the past two years. But in the last few weeks, um, as I've shared with other people, I'm getting burns appearing on my body that look and feel everything like a chemical burn. Oh, they are a piercing pinky red. They are incredibly hot, very itchy. And having shared pictures with other people, we have no idea what is causing them. But at the same time, for the first time in two years, my hair is also falling out. 
And so I started measuring the level of radiation I'm exposed to. And I did rooms where I got other people to do the same and look at the amount of radiation they're exposed to. Obviously not in a very scientific capacity, but I did discover that in the camera of every smartphone following iPhone 6 is a built-in sensor, an oxide-based sensor, that actually is one of the sensors used to measure radiation and EMF output. So you are able yourselves to be able to get a pretty good idea of what exposure you've got. And in doing that, we discover that my personal exposure where I live is substantially higher than pretty much everybody else worldwide who joined in that experiment. So clearly that led me to wanting to investigate what's going on. So I looked at 5G. I looked at the different alpha, beta, gamma radiation. I looked at the difference between ionizing and non-ionizing radiation. I linked Spanish, Spanish flu in 1918 to the use of radar. I linked Hong Kong flu in 1968 to the use of satellite. And now COVID 2021, obviously 5G was initially launched in Wuhan in October 2019 at the same time that the military games with 9,000 military athletes worldwide coming to Wuhan at exactly the same time that 5G was switched on there. I could obviously speak for years about this, but what I'm going to jump to next is my premise. This is my premise. This is what I believe. And I don't know enough to know whether I'm right or wrong, but I want your input. I believe 5G is part of a military strategy. But the CCP behind that needed a scapegoat because the radiation illness that they knew would come as a result of 5G, which commercially to China is so, so profitable that they depend on it in every way, shape or form, particularly with Huawei, their biggest technology producer in terms of profitable output and knowledge. So to cover up what would inevitably happen with 5G and other radio frequencies, they had to unleash a virus to explain the illnesses that would un undeniably be coming out. We know that they had many viruses stored, and I believe they simply chose an appropriate time to put out these viruses, testing them on 9,000 military athletes about the same week that they turned on the 5G. And by testing them and sending those athletes back after 10 days exposure to different parts of the world, there starts the biggest multi-spreading event. So on the 19th of October, 2019, which coincidentally was the same date that the pandemic preparedness Event 201 took place in New York with Bill Gates, the CIA, and other elites, exactly the same date. That was the start of the military experiment of which we are all part. The distraction needed by putting out a virus or pathogen was something the CCP decided to do to overcome the back flap, the back pressure that would come from the dangers of technology in 5G. And I believe that Russia, who had control of pretty much the natural gas supply and who also wanted to be part of this commercial uh, predominance, may well have been speaking with the CCP. And we know that because of the WHO reports, which I won't go into now. And we know that Taiwan tipped off 
the WHO and Russia, who both denied saying anything and kept stumm. So they wanted to hold the West to ransom for commercial profit benefit market share. And in order to do that, the one thing they also needed was to make sure that everybody got infected or injected because the vaccine corruption is noted by the British Secret Service. Before 2019, they found papers from Russia and China in league, which are linked above, which show the corruptive vaccine planning was done by China and Russia even before the vaccine was released. Big statements. <laughs> But I believe the reason for that is that within the constituents of the vaccine are ingredients that conduct and allow for more data storage when the data is us. The data is our data. We become the data. We are fully able to be tracked. We already have a social credit score because they already have our medical records, our financial records, every purchase we make from every credit card. Everything we do is already data. But before 5G, they didn't have the capacity to hold enough data and to process enough data fast enough to get every single person on the planet monitored and logged under a number. 5G was the only way to achieve that. So 5G, I believe, has to be put out for commercial and control. And in the same way we talked about communism and CCP, you can see where I'm going, that 5G does inflict radiation and does inflict a lot of cell destruction. But in addition, there is a virus, there are dangerous things in the vaccine, and I believe it's a tripartite strike. And I'll end it there because I want to go to Zensei to hear him laugh at me. No, actually, quite to the contrary. I 100% agree. <clears throat> As I stated, and I'll reiterate, I do think it's both. And I think Money Penny is on the nose. Uh, before I get to the abstract I was going to read, I'll just address what you said. So technology improving and the correlation with the diseases subsequently coming after. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Undoubtedly, something is there. I and mean, we were replete with data showing an inverse uh, reaction with as Wi-Fi and technology increase, our fertility as a result, as a society, decreases. And there's been so much data. It's an embarrassment of riches. There was a female doctor that put out a book there that, that shows it quite completely. And if I can get that, I'll back channel you that, Money Penny. But uh, fertility going down is important, especially we know event 201 depopulation rumors and agendas out there. <clears throat> But this is death by a thousand pricks, a very CCP-oriented style of attack. You have Codex Alimentarius in the food. Obviously, the food supply is turned into what uh, many in the military would label a weapons, a weapons, unfortunately, program. <clears throat> you have COVID as another prong of attack. You have the vaccine rollout as a result of COVID, so the two-prong attack. You have the 5G, of course, uh, the chemtrails. And so in a fog of war, there are many smoke screens. And uh, understand that amongst the uh, dark forces, there are plans within plans. And of course, there's also subterfuge. There's betrayals amongst the betrayers and uh, hidden agendas. But the byproduct and intended result is clear. It's fear and confusion for purposes of control. You have people that retreat into the amygdala, the reptilian brain, the fight or flight response. 
And when that, when we achieve that, <clears throat> the most of the brain shuts down. We become highly programmable, highly controllable. Things become hard to process, and that's why rooms like this are so important to dissect it with fully operable brains activating our frontal cortex, our precipital lobe, our temporal lobe, and our parasympathetic nervous system and actually boosting the immune system by not resulting in fear and shutting down. So Money Penny, I just want to shout you out for that, and I want to hear some more opinions, but I'll just quickly go to uh, what we were back channeling each other. And just to add to what you're saying, the fifth generation, this is from the NIH.gov, so this is not just us putting random theories out there. Money Penny really does her homework. She's very astute with this, and she sent me this. The fifth generation 5G of radiofrequency radiation is about to be implemented globally. So this is straight from the NIH, National Institute of Health in the United States. Without investigating risks to human health and the environment. So they're saying, they're admitting that 5G radiofrequency is implemented globally without investigating the risks to human health. Now, this is supposedly, purportedly, an organization that has health at the number one priority. So how could it not have been investigated? And we know the omission of the truth is a lie nonetheless. And Money Penny just cited the cellular damage and the proof. So I'll read on. This has created debate among concerned individuals in numerous countries in an appeal to the European Union in September of 2017, currently endorsed by 390 scientists and medical doctors. A moratorium on 5G deployment, so that means done, no more, was requested until proper scientific evaluation of potential negative consequences had been conducted. So this is an official move by a science-obeying you know, representative of people and uh, you have 390 scientists. So you have even uh, air, air pilots in the FAA, you know, grounding flights, I and mean, they were worried about our cell phones when we we're gonna take flight, right? Messing with the gear. And so this is very real, has very real consequences. And you have tongue-in-cheek, very cryptic remarks from John Legier, who headed up T-Mobile. I mean, if you have T-Mobile, you get a, an email from him saying, 5G's coming and you ain't going to stop it. All these tongue-in-cheek remarks, like, there's no way you're going to stop us or something like that. You know, very cryptic that you're like, you know, someone who has, you know, perfectly benign intent, just, they don't just, they don't speak that way. And so it's just, I find it very strange. And I can share the rest of this article, uh, but I'll just read on a little bit more. And so... Uh, the moratorium was requested. This request had not been acknowledged by the EU. The evaluation of the RF radiation health risks from 5G technology is ignored in a report by government expert group in Switzerland in a recent publication from the International Commission of Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection. Conflicts of interest and ties to the industry seem to have contributed to the biased reports. You know, we have guys like Bill Gates dumping 300 million dollars, this is provable, researchable fact, into the mainstream media, you have biased reports. And so please keep that in mind. <clears throat> Lack of proper unbiased risk evaluation of the 5G technology places populations at risk. This is from the NIH. <clears throat> I can't believe you found this money penny. Great find. Furthermore, there seems to be a cartel of individuals monopolizing evaluation committees, thus reinforcing the no risk paradigm. Wow, that's powerful. That was really powerful. I'm going to go ahead and land it there. We can go around the room again. This is preservation of the human race. Go ahead and tap that green house at the top, and I will defer to either Money Penny or Robert if you wanted to get the uh, room going. PTR order. 
Yeah, let's just go popcorn a bit. And I've sent Robert a little um, audio um, that he's going to play. So let's just flash your mic on the stage if you just want to come in quickly on what's been said so far. And then we're going to go to a little audio. Robert, red, red, Robert. Red, Robert, he's on. Um, yeah, I mean, brilliantly, brilliantly expressed, um, Nick. I thought that was just brilliant. Um and I, I, what I'm going to do, I'm just thinking I'm, I'm, I'm actually in bed, but I'm going to get up, especially for you. I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to email you. <laughs> I'm going to email you a paper that I wrote 22 months ago, uh, which I think you'll find fascinating on, on some of this. The one, the one place I think we would diverge is with regard to things like photons and gamma rays, um, only because gamma rays, uh, you know, the fact that we discovered them uh, I mean, I'm granted we started using them at some stage, but the fact we discovered them doesn't make them exist. They, they were, they, my assumption is that they've been there since the beginning of the universe and they come out the sun apart from anything else. So they, they're, they've been all around us forever. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And the match of, of the 2018 um, uh, date is, is quite an interesting one. And just finally, I'll just mention, I, met, I heard a play on Radio 4 recently. It's the only thing I still listen to on the radio. Um, and it was about Saint, I want to say Catherine, I might be wrong, amazing woman um, who did all sorts of things. She, there was a point where there was two popes and she was kind of in, in touch with both of them, kind of negotiating between them. She was like 17. <laughs> She's a phenomenal woman. But she lived in the mid-1300s, uh, the time that you mentioned the Black Death. And, uh, and they casually mentioned that in like three years, a third of the European population died. A third. I mean, they were stepping over bodies in the in the street for months. That's a pandemic. That's a that's a kick out. The, you know, it's like it's like one of those Coronel Dundee moments. That's not a pandemic. This is a pandemic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's spooky, isn't it? When I've I've got so many dates on so many pandemics and mass million people killed, and you start to look at the technology. Um, or what was discovered or what scientists were doing or what was being fiddled with at the time, what messes we were making of stuff in a, in a lab or with things we didn't understand. And there is a big correlation. I just want to say hello to Michael. Michael, thank you for coming to the stage. And Hi, Michael, what do you think so far? Well, you know, I, I watched uh, the show. Oh, my gosh. Uh, on Purdue Pharma. What was that TV show? Uh, oh, my uh, God. Rude. Um, dosage. Dose, uh, dose something. Sick dose. Bag dose. <laughs> dope sick. Dope, dope sick. sick. And it reminded me after Sensei was reading that report where they got a special label, Purdue Pharma, to say it wasn't addictive. Never ever was used before on that type of drug. And they got this private label basically it said it wasn't addictive they went straight to all the doctors and heads of hospitals and they that little label started the whole process of 600,000 deaths uh in the united states that's just from opiates that's not from <clears throat> heroin that was a spinoff of uh, the people that couldn't afford the opiates and went to heroin so yeah um, it just gave me a flashback of that. I highly recommend everyone to watch Dope Sick. You will be empowered with information and never look at this stuff the same way. So thank you uh, for doing this, Money Penny. 
Great. Right. Um, hello, Dr. Carver, as well. Um, let's go to the audio, please, because this is the audio from a radiation scientist where he's actually teaching um, the basics of how radiation sickness affects the body. Some of it is a bit scientific, but we've got Dr. Carver on the stage, particularly, who will no doubt explain it to us, and lots of other clever people on the stage who probably know it inside out. But I just, this is one of the things when I fell off my chair. So Robert, if you could hit go, um, we'll have a little listen. Sure, um, I'm gonna hit play, and then just please tell me uh, how the audio is before we continue, and I can turn it up or down. And yep, and if you need to mute me, uh, uh, moderators, just go ahead and do that um, because I have to move off the screen to play the YouTube. But that's all. Here we go. It's about to begin. The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Can Your you support that? will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue yeah, to offer right. high-quality educational okay. resources for free. To make a donation or to view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu. So as a quick review of all the different biological effects, we've pretty much taken it <clears throat> up to here. We've explained the physical and chemical stages of what happens when radiation interacts with mostly bags of water with some solutes in them, better known as organisms at dynamic equilibrium. Everything from the sort of femtosecond level ionization of water, almost certainly, because that's most of what biological things are, to the formation of many, 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 many different radiolysis byproducts, eventually that end up as just a few that we care about, the longer-lived radiolytic byproducts that will then diffuse away from the original damage cascades and go on to eat something else, likely DNA or something that you don't want to get oxidized or chemically changed. We talked a little bit about radiolysis in reactors and how you can actually measure it directly, which was only done really a few years ago, which is pretty cool. Just to remind you of this experiment, there's a tiny high-pressure cell of high-pressure, high-temperature water. There's a foil sample with a very thin region and protons firing through it so that they both irradiate the sample and induce radiolysis in the water at the same time. And this way you can test the effect of radiolysis in the water here versus just plain old high-pressure, high-temperature corrosion here. And the results are pretty striking, where you can clearly see the boundary where the proton beam was as well as the in increased thickness of the oxide and corrosion layer formed when radiolysis is turned on, so to speak. We went through DNA damage, and we ended with pseudoscience. So I want to bring up a couple. No, we don't have time for that. <clears throat> but we, uh, we spent the last 15 minutes of class railing against pseudoscience and making sure that you check your facts, but we pointed out a number of things wrong with some of the studies. So aside from just that guy misreading everything on that entire blog, of the studies that you felt weren't very convincing, what do you remember about them? Some of those studies were totally fine, but some of them were not. The ones with ridiculously small sample sizes. That's what I was hoping someone would say, yeah. The case study of four women who got breast cancer in the pocket where they held their cell phones. Four, right? Or in a study of 29 humans, 11 of them 
got brain tumors here. It's pretty easy to cherry pick small amounts of data. I did want to say that just because radio frequency photons aren't ionizing doesn't mean they can't hurt you. Uh, if you've ever, no, no one's ever been inside a microwave. I wonder if anyone's ever felt the effect of an external microwave beam by something like this, the active denial system, one of my favorite weapons ever, because it doesn't actually permanently hurt anyone. It just heats up the outer layer of your skin. It fires these non-ionizing photons at RF frequency and effectively makes you feel like you're on fire. So if there's a whole mess of troops charging at you, let's say at the uh, DMZ from North and South Korea, all you've got to do is turn on this thing and they all think they're on fire because their body is sending them signals that I'm on fire. And then you turn it off and they're okay. So no loss of life, no permanent damage, a lot of maybe psychological, but whatever, can't see that. And active denial system. Great name for it, isn't it? Yeah, I think non-lethal weapons are really the way of the future is just make it, make it unpleasant to engage in warfare and people probably won't. But then no one has to get hurt, which is nice. But then on to the sources of data, because like Sarah said, sample size is everything, especially when you're trying to figure out are small amounts of radiation bad for you? This simple question hasn't really been answered suitably yet. And that's because, thank God, we don't have enough people exposed to small but measurable amounts of radiation to draw meaningful conclusions from this data. I think that's a good thing, is if we were certain about whether small amounts of radiation, like one millisievert, could cause cancer, then there would have been millions or billions of people exposed. And so it's kind of a good thing that they weren't. But the sources of this data, the first source was radium dial workers, like you may have heard of. The folks that would lick the paintbrushes with glow-in-the-dark radium watches, they ended up setting the first occupational limit for dose because they were the first large group to be exposed to radiation in a controlled setting. Things like uranium miners, radon breathers, better known as us, but especially folks that smoke anything, medical diagnostics, so anyone that gets a medical procedure, you can follow up with them to find out what's, let's say, the extra incidence of cancer and figure out if you have a high dose rate, uh, medical procedure, does it induce secondary cancer down the line? But like we said last time, down the line is the key here. I'd take a whole bunch of radiation now if it was going to save my life now and maybe make it messed up in 20 years because then you get 20 more years of life or however long you get. And then from accidents, survivors of the atomic bombs, not just the folks at the epicenter, but in the whole fallout regions and nearby, as well as nearby nuclear accidents and the criticality events like the demon core that you guys analyzed on the exam. Luckily, there aren't a lot of those either. But they were pretty severe, the ones that got exposed. And speaking of accidents, has anyone ever heard of the Kishtim disaster? This is the third worst nuclear accident that we know of in history after Chernobyl and Fukushima, and worse than Three Mile Island because Three Mile Island was an almost accident. There was some partial melting of the core, there was almost no release of radioactivity. And the definition of a nuclear accident in the public sense is release of radioactivity. There's actually two quantities that folks in PRA or probabilistic risk analysis are most interested in. Has anyone heard of these terms? CDF and LERF, core damage frequency, and large early release frequency. The, all the fancy probability fault trees and everything goes into calculating the probability that the core gets damaged so that could be an accident in one right, or the probability of a radioactivity release, and that is an accident. 
So if no one's ever heard of this, there's a city in Russia, I don't know why it says Rusland, maybe came from a different language, uh, called Kishtim, where they had the Mayak nuclear and uh, reprocessing plant. And there was a tank full of radioactive waste uh, that was exploded. It was a chemical explosion, but full of strontium, all sorts of other radionuclides that blew up with about 100 tons worth of TNT and ended up contaminating a rather large area with this plume called the, uh, I think it's called the East Chelyabinsk radioactive trace, or the, or the uh, what is it, the South, South something Urals radioactive trace. And that area is still contaminated today because the disaster was covered up, or rather wasn't, nothing was said. These towns here, they didn't, weren't actually towns back in 1957 when this happened. They were just given designations like Chelyabinsk 40 or Chelyabinsk 65 because the largest nearby city was Chelyabinsk and the villages nearby were just numbered. So that was just the postcode for the secret nuclear city. The US had a few, Russia had something like 120. And they still have a lot of cities where uh, entry is restricted or it's still awfully difficult to go there. Like, when you have to declare where in Russia are you going to get a visa, if you say one of these cities, there's going to be some questions. And this is where I'm going. Best possible logo for a conference being held in Siberia in February. Right on the end, right on the end in this town called Kishtim, the nearest town to the Mayak plant. So I'll be taking my camera. I don't know if I'll be allowed to use it, but we're going to find out anyway. It's being held in a sanatorium, and does anyone know what a sanatorium is? Like, I'm honestly asking a question. I don't know what a sanatorium is or why the nuclear conference is being held there, but it should be pretty cool. So yeah, Siberia in February, right near the South Urals radioactive trace should be interesting. Those are the first group of folks that were exposed were the people painting radium watch dials. And the reason radium was so damaging is because radium is in the same column of the periodic table as calcium, it's a bone-seeking element. So which of the tissues do you think would be most damaged by ingestion of radium? Bones. bones, what part of the bone specifically? The marrow. The marrow, the rapidly dividing part of the bones. If you remember from uh, the, I don't have it on this presentation, but the relative tissue factors for different tissues, the hard part of the bone is a 0 0.01. It's basically like a nobody cares. Bone marrow, however, is a different story because it's always rapidly dividing, producing red blood cells, platelets, lymphocytes. It's, it's making your blood the solid portion of your blood. And so it's a pretty important tissue. So get radium. Uh, anyone also know, what does radium tend to emit? Which kind of particles? If you had to take a guess, yeah, alphas. It's a pretty heavy element. It emits alphas. And alphas have that uh, radiation quality factor of 20, meaning alphas have very short range, but they're the most damaging type of radiation when ingested. So this was really bad news. There was a lot of incidents of illness Just and cancer. Just pause a second, Robert. Watch dials. Gotcha. And then the first data from bones after death. Okay, go ahead. So uh, just where we are now, we are starting to look at what smaller levels, medium and maybe larger levels of radiation does to the body and how it does it. So he was talking about uh, leukocytes. He was talking about blood. He was talking about all the hematology behind how the body is damaged. And importantly, he was talking about bone marrow. 
Now, you don't need to be a scientist to know that most of the uh, earlier complications that have been seen in COVID relate, firstly, to blood. I mean, that's how I found out that I had something that wasn't, in fact, one of the many malarias or chicken youngers or things I was being tested for because my blood was so abnormally changed in the first blood panel I had in March 2020. I had hematologists, two of them, privately look at it and they could not explain what was going on with my blood. I was then looked at and told I probably had multiple myeloma because my bone marrow was not like anything they had seen. Bone marrow is part of what we see in myeloma. And then we go on to lymphomas and leukemias, the blood and bone cancers. Those were the first things that were seen in the first people with COVID, other than the focus of every doctor, which was respiratory. If they had looked outside respiratory, they would have seen what was going on. This is from MIT. I know it's going to be a bit long, but I am going to stop it again. I just want you to get a feeling of how, if we just at this stage ignore the virus, ignore it, listen to this guy and think, is it plausible that what has happened may be quite a bit, quite a lot, or completely down to something else? Thank you, Robert, if you can continue it. Sure thing. Here we go. About to play. Uh, there's a link at the top as well. Anyone wants to follow it? Because there were a lot of those established. How much radium were you allowed to get exposed to? This came out to about 0.6 milligray per week. Anyone have any idea what that would be in millisieverts per week? With a quality factor of 20 and a bone marrow factor of about 0.12. Yeah, on the order of like singles of millisieverts per week. Not bad. Anyone know how much dose you typically get in a year in background? Yeah, a few millisieverts a year. Yeah, so this was the first occupational safety limit for radiation risk. It is actually, it comes out to larger than 50 millisieverts per year, which is what the uh, normal occupational workers are allowed. How about your radiation workers? What's your limit? Uh, five rem. Five rem, which comes out to? Like 50 millisieverts per year. Okay, there you go. Large population sizes that do exist that get a whole lot of radiation, however, is anyone that smokes and anything. Because when you take plant matter, which has a high surface area, concentrate it so anything that it brings up from the roots in the soil or that settles out on the leaves in the air gets concentrated in the dry fraction and then gets burned and inhaled. A lot of those heavy metals that are radon byproducts and such are fairly reactive. They'll stick around in your tissues and give you a whole lot of alpha dose. So when you have populations of people who have or haven't smoked, you actually can figure out the number of extra attributable deaths to things like indoor radon depending on if you live in a smoky atmosphere or not. And so to distinguish the types of biological effects that we're worried about, we can group these into two. There's short-term effects, which manifest themselves in hours, days, or weeks. We'll call that immediate. And then there's long-term effects, which tend to manifest in short, shortest years and longest decades. 
So things like acute radiation sickness is due to rapid cell death of a few different kinds over time. And which kind depends on the route of exposure, the isotope, the type of radiation, and the total amount of dose to those tissues. And if you guys have all, what are some of the symptoms of acute radiation sickness? Like, did anyone read what happened to the folks in the demon core? Hair fell out. What else? Vomiting. Diarrhea. Diarrhea. All the fun ones, yeah. Well, I will explain why these sorts of things happen with acute radiation exposure. Now, if you don't get that much radiation exposure, but you do get enough to mutate cells, you have what's called delayed somatic effects. Anything from cancer to straight-up mutations to birth defects. Any sort of permanent and reproducible modification to a cell's DNA that can induce mutations. So let's first talk about the short-term effects because they're a little easier to understand. And because the doses were much higher, you don't need as much of a population size in order to figure out, did this, effect, did this amount of dose have an effect? So for things up to a quarter of a gray, pretty much nothing happens. That's quite a toasty dose. For gammas, that would be like getting five times your occupational yearly limit instantaneously. Yeah, this is not something you'd want to happen, but it's not going to cause any significant ill effects. Up to a gray, you'll start to see a few symptoms like nausea and anorexia. They probably tend to go together. If you're feeling gastrointestinally horrible, you probably don't want to eat much. And you will see things like bone marrow damage, like we talked about with the radium workers. Fewer red and white blood cells, less platelets, also means easier to bleed. So a lot of the effects of radiation damage are not primary, they're secondary. Just like most radiation damage to cells itself, it's not damage to the DNA, but it's radiolysis of the water nearby the DNA and eventual chemical migration to cause damage to the DNA chemically. In this case, it's not like radiation takes out your platelets. Radiation takes out the cells that create the platelets, the bone marrow, meaning that platelets, if they live about three weeks, you'll tend to see a drop in platelet count when your production system gets lower. This should sound strikingly similar to series radioactive decay because the same equations can be used to model it. Let's say you have a normal, stable platelet count. Uh, I'm not gonna get on the board. I told you guys we wouldn't get too deriving anymore. But you've got some source of platelets, which would be your bone marrow, and you've got some sink of platelets, which would be normal cell death. So let's say there's a half-life or a lifetime of platelets. If you kill a little bit of the source, then you'll see the sink start to decay, but the source will start to grow back over time from cell division, and you'll see the level pop back up again. And you can model it with the same first-order linear ordinary differential equations. Same ODEs as series radioactive decay, you can use to guess how many platelets you should have in your body at any time following a certain dose. One to three grays when things get bad from go to bad from worse pretty quick. Nausea, anorexia, and infection. Tell me, why do you think infection results from radiation damage? Yeah, let's hear everything, yeah. Front to back, let's hear it. I was saying uh, the immune system is most likely compromised because of the bone marrow being compromised. Yep. The immune system's compromised. What else? Your... Is everyone going to say the same thing? Okay, I have another story. So I agree with you guys, but it also has to do with these platelets. Anytime anything happens to you ever, cells tend to die. You clap your hands, you probably kill a few cells. You bump into something, you probably kill a few cells. You 
swallow some metal shavings, you're going to kill a lot of shell cells. But your body has got mucous membranes and all sorts of things and platelets in order to repair that damage. All of a sudden, if your blood thins out and can start leaking from different places, or it's a lot harder to repair like physical leaks in your body, bacteria can get in. So the normal amount of bacteria you're exposed to every day, which is enormous, there's theorized to be something like 10 times as many bacteria cells in your body as human cells. They're all over the place. Uh, they're just a lot smaller. Uh, well, they can get into places that they wouldn't normally get in. So what would normally be a pinprick and a simple immune response with a suppressed immune system and a lower platelet count becomes a much more dangerous thing. You could undergo something called sepsis. That's basically blood turning to sewage because you get a massive blood infection. This is a secondary or even a tertiary effect, but very real. Hematologic damage more. Gotcha. Thanks, Robert. Right. So we've just got the sepsis. That is the thing that put me in hospital in June, six months into my COVID. I had sepsis. In fact, there's so much sepsis in COVID that the Sepsis Trust, a not-for-profit, one of the largest charities worldwide, teamed up with our long COVID group in the UK that at that time was still being misbelieved or misinterpreted. But the Sepsis Trust saw the blood hematology of all the people like myself that had been hit by this COVID. And when they looked at the blood, the Sepsis Trust could not believe what they were seeing. I'm going to pause it there because we've got a lot of technical medical stuff. And I just want to check the people on the stage at the moment, at the time that you've heard all this from an MIT lecturer, have you thought any differently? No. Not yet. Yeah, Robert, though, I'm just watching your paper. Dr. Carver, what do you think? I have some articles to talk about that go along with this. It hasn't changed my opinion. I've actually been researching this for quite a while before COVID. So I can come back to that when you're ready. Fantastic. Okay. Anybody else on the stage want to make a comment before we hear a couple more minutes? I would simply say that it's kind of peeled that proverbial onion, maybe a few layers deep. I never imagined that we're talking about something in a bone marrow. So, uh, yeah, it, it this kind of takes me a little bit deeper and a better understanding of what's evolving. Thank you. No, thank you, Daryl. Right, Robert, hit it. We're going to do a couple more minutes, and then we're going to open up the stage and get into the discussion more. Okay, here we go. About to play. More severe. Hema refers to blood. That's basically saying the same thing. Recovery would be probable, though not assured. Why probable and why not assured? Everyone reacts differently. That's true. Everyone reacts differently. It also matters how much treatment you get. So if you get a crazy compromised immune system, we have hospitals and you know sterile bubbles and all sorts of things that you can be put in. But if you don't get to a hospital in time to reduce the onset of massive infection, that's what could happen. Then you go higher, three to six gray. Everything as above, plus diarrhea, depilation, hair loss, temporary sterility. I think the temporary sterility one's obvious. Why do you think diarrhea and hair loss would occur? Isn't there like a bacteria 
your like intestines and then you can't um Yeah, exactly. The, uh, any, the most sensitive cells are the ones that are rapidly dividing to make, you know, villi and stem cells in your intestine, hair follicles, gonads, anything that's dividing all the time is going to feel the effects of radiation damage much more severely. And barring any mutation, which may take a long time to manifest, the wrong damage of DNA and the cell just can't divide. So it dies. And if those cells die, then that means that you can't uptake nutrition and... Your just body just flushes everything out in diarrhea. Fatalities will occur in the range of three and a half gray without treatment. And this is what's called the typical LD50. Does anyone know what an LD50 is? The lethal dose. The lethal dose for? 50% Right, so about 50% of the people exposed to 3.5 gray will die. This doesn't take into account difference in treatment, difference in person or everything, it's all together. And I'll go into what an LD50 for different things is in a second. And then over sixth gray, you get immediate incapacitation. Hits the nervous system. You get so many cells leaking out that the uh, chemical signals for your neurons, sodium and potassium and other ions, well, if all your cells die and leak out, then all of a sudden you're flooded with the ions that are normally kept in a very careful equilibrium to signal. So you can actually get sudden unconsciousness in a matter of seconds to minutes from doses over 10 gray. So you just... You just go out like a light like that and may not recover. What's an LD50? It's, the, on, it's whenever an effect gets an onset by 50% of the population, and there are different something, something, 50 doses depending on, let's say, whether something's therapeutic, toxic, or lethal. The example I like to give is selenium. Does anyone know anything about selenium in the diet? It's one of those trace minerals that you need to survive but can also kill you. So if you need to get about, on average, 5 micrograms of selenium in order to produce certain enzymes that keep things going in the body. 5 micrograms is not a lot, but you know that in order to have a little bit of selenium, it's got a therapeutic effect. Once you get around 5 micrograms, most people will see some sort of biological benefit. If you get 5 milligrams, it starts to become toxic. And this is the case with pretty much anything. Vitamins. Uh, anyone ever had? It's probably going to be a no. Anyone ever eaten raw seal liver before? Or polar bear livers? I don't know. No one's gone up way, way up north. Anyway, any, do you know why? Or? Because they have too much vitamin A. Indeed. Vitamin A, something that you need a whole lot of to survive. It's so concentrated in the livers of seals and polar bears that if you were to just eat a polar bear liver, you would die of vitamin A poisoning. So I didn't hear all those things at once. One at a time. Okay, but that's it there. Thanks. Just take a little taste. You know, it's all about... Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> so this goes off into basically taking um, a sort of silhouette picture of the human body and pointing out which parts of the human body are affected, but we have ascertained cell damage. We've ascertained um, a lot of the reasons behind the cell damage. We've uh, ascertained uh, the problem with DNA. And this MIT lecture was done... Uh, before 2019 and before we were using RNA-based vaccines with an RNA-based virus. So he then goes on to talk through all the various different symptoms that the body would find. And yeah, you've guessed it, pretty much 80, 90% of them are totally the same as anybody would tell you if they'd had COVID. Even if they hadn't gone into hospital or gone into ICU, people, particularly like myself with long COVID, who go on to have all these 
um, autoimmune conditions. Now we've heard radiation whops out the immune system. We've heard radiation causes all these problems with your joints, your bone marrow, and your little villi, the little tiny parts of the body that are, you know, within the lungs, um, within the lymph nodes, in fact, the whole endocrinal system that is um, completely disrupted. Long story short, pretty much most of what we are seeing physically in people seems to be able to be caused by something that is nothing to do with a virus. So where do we go from here? Sensei. Yes, yes. I just want to highlight and point out that the epidermal effects that he was speaking of in regards to radiation is the same as directed energy weapons. It's on the same electromagnetic spectrum. So when you have that increase, it goes straight into weaponized ion radiation. So weaponized ionized radiation uh, can be used for crowd control. He did mention that you can get dizzy. He mentioned the burning skin sensation. This can also be deployed uh, via satellite. And he almost, you know, touted it as a good thing. Uh, war, preventative war scenarios. And although that may have some truth to it, other studies for the long-term effects of satellite-based radiation used to deter, you know, people going to war, that's also called brain control, mind control. To use that type of technology in that way. So I think it's a slippery slope, but I want to open the floor. We did just uh, go ahead and get the hand rating, uh, the hand raise hands limited to everyone now. Actually, I thought it was limited to club. Okay, so yep, go ahead. So let's look at it as we are. Radiation could account for a hell of a lot of what we've seen. What doesn't it account for? Well, let's start with the fact that many people in many parts of the world who we know do not live next to 5G or to our knowledge, do not live next to sources of electromagnetic waves or other radio waves that have suddenly increased. How are people in remote Caribbean islands and parts of Africa suddenly being very, very ill, but not with, to our knowledge, any increase or change in their exposure to technology? How are people and uh, scientists going into hospital, uh, dead people having autopsies, um, viral fragments being found, uh, pathogens being found, drawn in 3D, um, compared with previous pathogens, viruses, bacteria, fungi. Surely all these scientists worldwide have written all these papers about viruses and virology and epidemiology can't be wrong. So there must be a virus, mustn't there? or some sort of pathogen? Or are we talking about a combination of the two? I mean, you remember my premise is that the, the viral or pathogenic thing was released to maybe cover up the radiation sickness um, because the need of having 5G with its extra processing power and storage power uh, was ultimately the thing that was required behind this whole experiment. These are the sorts of topics I want to get on to. I'm just going to pass now to Dr. Carver, though, because she shared a whole program with me where we looked also in depth the ingredients of the vaccines. And I trust her to come up with some really clever stuff that she's obviously been researching. Dr. Carver. Thank you, Money Penny. 
I'm not going to try to take this lateral and, and maybe we'll, we'll come back to this, but I just want to say a couple of things first. That 5G information was censored before the pandemic. We're talking um, probably starting in 2016, 2017. I remember my sister sending me articles and, and you couldn't even find this stuff. YouTube's, I mean, anybody who had the term 5G together would get deplatformed instantly. You had to go through a roundabout way of getting to maybe spelling out five or something to get this information. The other thing I want to mention is that I'm part of a group, it's called CORE, and therefore consequences of radiation exposure. Because I live close to Hanford, and Hanford um, played a role in developing the atomic bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima, this uranium, they have lots of underground tank farms. And there's a whole group of people called the Hanford Downwinders who were exposed to radiation long term. And they did these, they were called test runs and they were called on uh, green something, green run. And anyway, a lot of these people had damage to their thyroid glands and also their bone marrow was affected. But I want to talk just a little bit about a couple of articles that I found. And one is talking about the symptoms specifically of 5G exposure in a couple of different populations, and I sent these to you. And I'm just gonna list off some of these. There's tinnitus, hearing loss, sleep problems, headaches, cognitive problems, nosebleeds, vision problems, balance, speech. Um, and then it, it gets into the mechanism such as oxidative stress, and, and we can come back to that. Oh, um, blood-brain barrier disruption endothelial dysfunction, mitochondrial in injury. So I get the point, but what I really wanna drive home is the connection with the thyroid gland. Now the thyroid gland is really sensitive to radiation. And I used to work in imaging and you're supposed to wear a thyroid collar. It's a lead shield that protects your thyroid gland, but I ended up having thyroid cancer. And so that's another story, but there's a, a just an incredible parallel of low thyroid symptoms to this radiation sickness, to what they're calling COVID. And so can I read just a few sentences of an abstract of the effect of radiation on the thyroid gland? Yes, please. Okay, it says radiation emitted from sources that are transmitted through an intermediated medium and absorbed by animal body. Radiation is very high up, or it's a very high up environmental toxin. Many sources of radiation are mobile phone, computer, UV lamp, and torches, radiation-affected body, animal body organs, such as the thyroid gland, liver, kidney. Radiation causes oxidative stress and generates free radicals, such as hydroxyl radical, superoxide, nitric oxide, hydrogen peroxide. And then it talks about these free radicals being unstable and chemically very reactive as oxidizing agents. And then it goes on to talk about morphological and physiological changes. But what I want to stress is that what do you take for oxidizers? You use antioxidants. And these are all the supplements that have been effective against COVID symptoms, such as NAC, N-acetylcysteine, um, quercetin, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. Um, all the antioxidants seem to be effective. And then I also want to relate this to one more thing before I pass the mic, and that is the, um, what are they called, Frontline Care Coalition. I, I apologize if I'm mixing up their name. But what they're finding is that people who have long COVID have antibodies 
thyroperoxidase antibodies, which is a signal for Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And they're finding very, very good results by using low-dose naltroxone, which is very effective for treating Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So there's a connection with the thyroid, there's a connection with the treatment, but for anybody who has what they're calling long COVID, look into low-dose naltrexone. It is very, very effective. It's very promising, and we can talk more about how it works later. All right, I passed my mic. Thank you. Wow, Dr. Carver, it's fascinating. I, I love your stuff. You always come up with something. And I'm going to go off and research that now, but that was bloody brilliant. Right, anybody else? Let's go to Annette's flashing a mic, and I'm going to turn over to Robert to run it because I'm just going to be distracted for a little bit, but I'll be listening in. Hi, this is just a quick question to Dr. Carver. Um, you mentioned about the thyroid. Um, I've had an underactive thyroid since I was born, and I'm on levothyroxine. Um, and that's like 55 years of taking this medication. Would you say, like, I know it's not an immune disease, so therefore would you say that having the jab wouldn't be a good idea anyway, or does it matter? Um, like, I'm not going to have the jab, but, you know, I, I don't know how it affects the thyroid and whether that would kind of give me an exemption or not, because the doctors, I have had multiple calls, from the NHS in England, and I haven't answered them pretty much most of them, but kind of encouraged me to take the jab. So I was just wondering what your thoughts were around the thyroid issues. And thank you very much. I don't know if a doctor is going to write you a medical exemption for that, but I absolutely would not take the jab. The thyroid gland is not only susceptible to radiation exposure, but also chemical exposures, stress, many things can affect your thyroid. And just for everybody in the room, if a person's thyroid is damaged and their thyroid hormone production is low, here's the symptoms. Fatigue, brain fog, abnormal sleep. So it's easy to fall asleep, but you can't stay asleep and you're exhausted all the time. And if this goes on long-term, you can have difficult time handling any stress. It makes a person cold, their skin is dry, they gain weight, their heart rate's low, their blood pressure can be high or low. It slows down everything. It disrupts their entire endocrine system. So a woman can have infertility or menstrual um, irregularities. It can do many, many things in the body. And I'm seeing a lot of parallels. That is crazy. There's a lot of those things that I've had over the years. When... Justin, go ahead. Now, when you mentioned free radicals, um, I read an article early on during the uh, pandemic or whatever you want to call it about uh, iron free radicals being released and how it was uh, acting as kind of like a blood cancer. Um, have you seen any research on this or uh, seen any articles about this? I have not yet, but if you find anything, please send it to me. This isn't really I've about the. Uh, I've, I've seen lots. Yeah, loads. This isn't really about the science. I was just going to make a couple of points. That I don't know if you remember this, Nick, um, but uh, very, very early on in the lockdown, the first lockdown here, the really severe one, um, I was quite shocked to find that uh, the five G, the five G building of the towers in the cities was just going right ahead as normal. And these guys was usually like two or three of them working on a job at the same time. 
no masks, no distancing, sometimes up a tower together, you know, and it was like, yeah, like they're, they're exempt. Like, okay, how, how does that work then? <laughs> you know, weird. Thanks. I've, I found a startling, amazing <clears throat> article by Moneypenny. She sent me this, and uh, this is from TechCrunch.com. Russian cyber ops are targeting COVID-19 vaccine R&D intelligence agencies warn. So there's a bit of a secession within this globalist cult, if you will, by my view, and uh, Russia, uh, many uh, people who are not necessarily pro-mandate, pro-lockdown types of presidents. Uh, I'd consider perhaps Brazil's president a part of this counter-cabal, you could call it alliance, if you will. If you follow the work of David Wilcock and others, they would consider Putin, no no way is he a white hat, but perhaps he doesn't believe in selling out our kids. You know, he, he's certainly rounded up uh, people involved in the cult in his own uh, country who were standing in his way. It would be the equivalent of a new president coming in, let's say Money Penny, and just arresting you know, everybody that she suspects is a part of this globalist cabal, so to speak. And, uh, you know, it can be done. And certainly people have gotten, you know, in charge of certain, you know, places like the United States recently, and they didn't like that either. <clears throat> and they conflated to Russia. And of course, we found out that was four years of lies, uh, you know, puppet of Russia, Trump's this, Trump's that, and that was all based on a steel dossier that someone got arrested for. Anyway, the article reads, Western intelligence agencies say they've found evidence that Russian cyber espionage is targeting efforts to develop a coronavirus vaccine in a number of countries. So perhaps this counter cabal is, you know, not taking it at face value that they're just, oh, they're, maybe they want to make a vaccine that is really good like we do. No, they are looking in to see what level of weaponization is going into this vaccine, perhaps to either develop a cure, maybe counter it. And so you have to understand uh, Putin is not for the mandate, so to speak. And, uh, you know, a lot of different things are going on with, you know, Russian bank heads trying to uh, take a shot at Bitcoin, saying they're not going to do Bitcoin. Putin coming out, pushing back right? And saying, no, 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 we, we didn't say we're going to ban uh, Bitcoin. So you see these competing factions, right? And uh, it's really hard to discern unless you really, really do the research and follow what's going on here. But there's a lot of competing agendas. And I find this uh, super interesting ad from Money Penny and just elucidating the further depth of how amazingly crazy this gets. I'll read a little bit more of this and we'll move on. In recent attacks targeting the COVID-19 vaccine research and development, the group conducted basic vulnerability scanning against specific external IP addresses owned by organizations. The group then deployed public exploits against the vulnerable uh, services identified the advisory ads. Okay, it says here, they seek to answer additional intelligent questions relating to the pandemic. Okay, and so essentially they here here's what i like it's almost of a shill representation of their reaction there's it's quoted it is completely unacceptable that russian intelligence services are targeting those working to combat the coronavirus pandemic right saying for us this is from a foreign secretary and so you know why would they why would they do that they're not actually trying to attack and, and hinder they're literally trying to see what is going into these vaccines for themselves and i go ahead and land there very interesting article. Yeah, I love that article. Thank you, Zensei. Right, we're a popcorn. Um, Robert's in charge. Uh, go for it, guys. The mics are open. Uh, come up and discuss. But I want to hear from people who say, 
this is all rubbish, this 5G, it's just a virus. I want to hear both sides. And really quickly, um, I want to say, Sensei, it's awesome sharing a stage with you. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> he was on my live show one time. Anyway, uh, if you're not following you, preservation man. of the human race, you're amazing. Uh, no, you're not amazing unless you follow the preservation of the human race. <laughs> but yes, please do follow the club, you guys, and raise your hand. Uh, like Money Opinion said, we're looking for adverse arguments and uh, civil discord. Love y'all. Come on up, raise your hand. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up about uh, 5G... Uh, the coronavirus vaccine, if you want to call it that, or the jab, we can just call it that. Um, the augmented reality that is being presented with the metaverse and then Li-Fi, which is uh, uh, light emitting diodes uh, actually transmitting data and how that all ties into uh, automated vehicles and stuff like that. Um, I, does anybody have an objection to that? Okay, so I think you touch on something really uh, quite interesting, Justin. Actually, there because you know we've been focusing on the medical, which is important, um, and on some of the other implications, which are important. Um, but you're touching on something that I was I was just thinking about myself that we haven't really touched on yet, which is leaving all that to one side or even assuming that that half of it isn't true um it's still a terrifying prospect because how it's being sold to us you know on a, in a in the sort of the positive light if you like is that um everything gets faster uh everybody it's a it's a democratization of the internet so everybody has a super fast connection on a handheld device wherever they are let's say in a city or I mean, in theory in the world eventually, but certainly within a city, let's say. Um, that's how it's been sold. But, but what comes on the back of that um, is things like, you know, self-driving cars. Well, yeah, if you want a self-driving car, great. And apparently that's where we're all going to be in 10 years time, which is, which is just, <laughs> just, I'm so disappointed. I love driving. Um, but um, but then you get into the whole social credit system, which has been mentioned a couple of times. But I, I saw something on that quite recently. And I had I had kind of appreciated how deep it goes. But by God, it's it's comprehensive. All the things that um, that Nick listed earlier, you know, your medical records, your credit history, every purchase, your location all the time, your social media comments, your social media posts. Uh, who you hang out with, how often you see them, where you drink, how much you drink, uh, where you go, where you hang out, your favorite coffee shop, uh, you know, everything. Plus, add into that, all of the cameras in Beijing and elsewhere now have been uh, converted from just surveillance cameras, just. <laughs> um, bear in mind, I think in the UK, there's about one for every seven people, I think now, ridiculously. Um, but all the ones in Beijing and elsewhere in China have now been converted so that they, not only do they digitally record, but they also real-time, real-time facial and gait recognition. So there was a, there's a great Vice piece, if you, if you find it, a great Vice video where this quite attractive young girl goes and hangs out in Beijing and, uh, and plays with this. So, you know, people are going into buildings with their face, right? <laughs> they're just getting their face scanned and walking into buildings is like a security thing. What she did was she, um, she deliberately jaywalked. So she stepped out safely, but she stepped out on a crossing 
when it was on red. And within seconds, right, there's small, no, not small, but relatively small billboards around that junction. And her fucking face turns up. It's like instant social shaming. You know, her face is plastered on the electronically what? on the billboards all around the junction going, look at who just did this. It's like, what? It's like massive social shaming. And there was a guy on at the end of that who had been a bit of a dissident and he'd written quite extensively about uh, corruption within the government. And for three months, like every week, he goes to the, the, to the railway station because he wants to go and see his mum. He's about a 40-year-old guy. And every week he goes to the railway station and puts his card in. And every week it spits it out saying, Nat, you're not going anywhere. You're not allowed. You can't get on a train. You can't get on a plane. You can't have a, a passport. Uh, you can't even have a driving license at this point. So you are stuck as far as you can walk, mate. And even if you get a taxi, we'll be able to track you and we'll, we'll get the taxi to kick you out at some point. So, you know, locked in. It's like a, it's like a personalised lockdown. It's phenomenal. And in Taiwan, in their first lockdown, and Taiwan, of course, doesn't technically exist uh, to the Chinese, but... Um, but in Taiwan, early on in the lockdown, they had this, uh, they built this, what was it called? Like, like electronic ring fence. So they locked down a, a group of blocks of flats. So there was probably several, I would think probably several thousand flats, actually, across about, I don't know, 10 or 12 blocks of flats in this one area. They locked the whole place down, but not physically. They didn't put guards up. They just had everybody's phone number. So they basically could track you know, all of the phones that belong to all of the residents in this one big, massive complex. If you, as a resident, go like further than 50 metres outside of the designated uh, boundary of that property, you get a text message that says, hey, you, you, you're going the wrong way. You get, you get your ass back into the car park sort of thing. So that's the first thing. If you keep on walking, you get an urgent text message or a call. And if you don't turn back, there's a bloody SUV pulls up, yanks you in and arrests you. I mean, that's that's hardcore. That's real time. And that's all enabled by 5G. So quite apart from all the health and radiation risks, which I agree with, and for we haven't even talked about how it hits pregnant women and children and toddlers. Um, but quite apart from all that, the way that it's potentially going to be used and almost certainly going to be used, because obviously lockdown came as a pattern from China and social crediting is going to come or is already in as a pattern from China, as will facial recognition, gate recognition, uh, and then a personalized, basically a, the, the option to personalize lockdowns. You know, you can keep me in this area or you can move me to that area or, you know, anything's possible. And that's terrifying. Thank you. Well, what I wanted to do is I kind of wanted to tie the knot. I wanted to tie how everything is together. Um, if you look at, <coughs> excuse me, 5G as the technology, it's a pulse microwave uh, signal. So that's why you have to have this giant matrix of all these transmitters and receivers because that, that wavelength is so short. So when you talk about light emitting diodes being able to transmit data, that is uh, not only the metaverse, we're talking about augmented reality. I don't know if anybody has seen the movie Anon where um, you have police officers actually walking around and are uh, digitally connected to the quote unquote system 
And just by looking at a person, you have a digital signal that is transmitted across your uh, vision source, and you can actually pick up who is who, do they have a chemical record, I need to review uh, video, so on and so forth. But when you look up Li-Fi, and there's been legislation that has been passed in the United States where you can only use light-emitting diodes in your house just because of an economic standpoint, uh, they consume less energy. But the background of that is this, quote-unquote, uh, utopia society where everything is interconnected. Elon Musk has talked about this with actually implanted um, chips that can interact with this augmented reality. Um, Ford is actually testing right now augmented reality glasses. So in the production line, you can actually use this technology. They, they spend billions of dollars building a whole new facility. You guys can look that up. Um, I got into this just by looking up the effects of uh, different wavelengths when you're welding and you're close to a piece, depending on what kind of materials you're welding as well. Um, gas exposure, um, you that know. That should give you a tan, can't it? It can tan your face, that stuff. Well, the thing is, is that that's not only, the one, that's just one aspect of it. When you talk about um, even gas exposure from chromium-6 that can give you pulmonary edema, you know, it's not being within the plume. It's how to weld safely. You know, it gets into a bunch of other things. But when I when you talk about uh, automated vehicles, that is how the vehicles will communicate with each other. They'll use it's basically the LEDs are going to be proximity switches. It's where they can uh, tell where each vehicle is by transmitting where their lighting system is. So um, if if you look up Continental, that is the a, a German company that actually produces pretty much almost every ECU that's on class six, seven, and eight vehicles currently, um, including EPA emissions uh, ECUs. So uh, they create ECUs that um, uh, can do, use a digital dashboard where you have your display across your windshield, automated tinting systems where you can run through a tunnel and your tinting system uh, for UV protection uh, goes blank and it's completely clear, but as soon as the sensor gets hit, then it transmits where all your windows completely be tinted again. And it has that UV protection. Um, I don't know how many people are actually uh, well aware of this technology that's currently going on, but um, that's why there's radar systems on vehicles. They've been implemented on vehicles. I don't know if anybody's had adaptive cruise control systems on their vehicle to where uh, while your cruise control system is enabled, you're be on the freeway, and then when you get close proximity to another vehicle, it'll automatically engage the braking system and then slow your vehicle down to um, where the radar system has a preset distance in which it allows the vehicle to pace the vehicle in front of it. Um, you know, wow. <laughs> Justin, you are brilliant on this stuff. Can I just ask you now, before you get into amazing stuff more, do you think that this whole pandemic is led by radiation and electrofrequencies and whatever, or do you think it's led by a deliberate virus or a combination of the two? What is your big sort of conclusion? Well, I, I was going to get into that. Um, I wanted to go in that I have three children. Um, uh, none of my children are vaccinated for anything. 
Um, I did a deep dive into vaccines, you know, way before I even had children, because uh, even when I was in the service, I was a part of an experimental, what was told to us, a pneumococcal vaccine, um, in which you didn't know if you were going to get a placebo or you were going to actually receive the vaccination or not. Um, obviously, everybody understands that when you join the military, there are a number of vaccinations that you receive. So you, you're not really and you're owned by the government. So you really can't opt out of it. Um, I don't have any record of whether I was uh, inoculated or not. Uh, you know, I know that these terms are, you know, being skewed nowadays, but, you know, I'm 38 years old. So that's how I understand the terms of inoculated or vaccinated are interchangeable. Um, but I started looking into um, what vaccines are made of, um, what the frequency of vaccination was, the schedule and everything else. Um, and this was when my wife was first became pregnant. So I watched a documentary by Ricky Lake called The Business of Being Born, um, you know, surgical removing of the child, becoming the now norm of 54% of births at the time. Um, my son is currently 10, so this is years and years and years ago. Um, but, you know, when you, when you do a deep dive on the evolution of anything, and you take it any any situation that you want to bring up as far as humanity, and you take all that information back to its source, where you can find ground zero. Um, you'll find out that you know vaccinations have been around since you know <laughs> you know before Christ. So I, I don't know the exact date. I know that it was uh, in China where a man infected his children with cowpox. Um, one child died, one child didn't, one child survived. So. Um, but when you look at what is actually composed of a vaccine and then you can, you know, I'm not trying to cherry pick information or anything like that. I try and look at data just like I would look at a vehicle, you know, I'm going to see what's missing and what do I have? And then try and put the puzzle back together so that everything functions as it should accordingly. So when you look at all this information that is put out by all these studies and all this stuff, you have to see what comparisons are being made by what materials. Doesn't matter if it's a vaccine or one composition of steel versus another versus uh, one chemical composition to get rid of emissions um, in a diesel engine. So, I mean, when you look at what's really going on here is that you have people being um, jabbed with a substance that nobody actually knows what's going to happen to a mass population of the human race there that that's one thing that's actually being broadcasted uh openly they, they have no fucking clue what's going to go on excuse my french but you know it, it's it's just amazing how people buy into a false sense of security now i believe this is a a, a combination of yes we are going to inject something into your body that we have no idea what's going to happen um, and, but then we also have our society that is already saturated by electromagnetic frequencies all around us, whether you're getting into your vehicle, turning on your radio, running your microwave, having your electric oven on, your furnace, your TVs. I mean, you are saturated. Your Wi-Fi, everything is saturating you with electromagnetic frequencies. I mean, and if you look at the human brain and what frequencies it operates on, if you look at what frequencies the human ear can pick up, I mean, 
you are an electromagnetic being. The, the nervous system that the human being has transmits electrical signals from your brain to your body to get your limbs to move and everything else. Um, humans have been trying to uh, recreate the, the human system in uh, everything. If you look at uh, what I call the central nervous system of a vehicle, it is every wire that transmits every function on your vehicle. Okay, and then you have little brains, which would I would call organs, that transmit those signals to the different options and functions that you want to have. So when you look at the human body, it pretty much interacts the same way. We're just trying to copy it, and we have absolutely no idea. We think we're so technologically advanced. We're really not. We have no idea. It, we're, we're, we're all a part of a giant experiment, in my opinion, because we, know, we don't know what levels are safe. We're seeing is that. Is there a okay. virus as well? Is there a virus as well? I believe there is something, but I don't think it's a virus. You know, you can you can you can try and um, manipulate the public to understand that it's a virus, but how much of the public understands virology? How much how much of the public actually understands how their human body works? I don't think I, I think that you can pass off pseudoscience really easy. And when you have an individual like Dr. Fauci, who uh, people have a short-term memory on the AIDS epidemic, but, you know, it, he was doing the same thing during, during that epidemic, making the same false accusations, doing the same thing. Well, you got locked down. We don't know how it's transmitted, blah, 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 blah. You know, when anything is new, it's going to scare an individual. But I think that people have gotten away from being comfortable in uncomfortable situations as a whole. I think that people need to really understand that the things that are functioning around you are not what they seem. I mean, when you talk about a system that is run by human beings, but the human beings are controlled by a system, quote unquote. Well, how many human beings do you know that ignore that, that system completely? And, and you put a label on them as a criminal. Well, they, they ignore the system and the way the system taxes them is taking away their time and taking away everything that they've earned, which is quote unquote illegal. So, I mean, when you look at human beings and we talk about, oh, well, there's a supply cha uh, chain shortage. Well, who runs the factories? Who runs the trucks? Who runs everything? The human beings that are the little workers that think they have no power. But the funny thing is, is that if you just ignore the authority that says that you have to do things a certain way, well, you can make anything function. It's just that you have to answer the question, how much human want is there out there for an individual? And then who is going to supply that human want? Now, everybody gets about the vaccine and stuff like that. When you talk about the moral superiority of people, that has become the norm when you talk about conversations on social media. You know, it's, it's, it's the moral superiority that, well, we're safe because you're being dangerous and all this and that. You know, the, when you talk about 5G, is it a mass population manipulation because you're bombarding people with all this imagery and all this stuff? But then you have the saturation of, I mean, I get, I get real deep in all this because I don't think people really understand how everything really works. And I'm trying to understand, but I mean, it, it's like, how can you be an individual when it's a one for one camera because anybody that has a smart device with a camera on it has a camera pointed directly at them or around them. And you have a microphone that records you. 
So, I mean, when you, when you look at a one-for-one -one ratio where you can see everything in real time, I mean, it's like, do you really have any real privacy? Do you really care? What's my, what's, where's my security level at? What am I willing to give up? I mean, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a game that I think people don't really understand how it's being played currently. And I'll just Justin, uh, bring get it off to my right there. You are brilliant. I, gosh, I could listen to you for hours, but I just want to give other people the time to be able to comment as well. Wow, I love that stuff. Um, right, I just want to go to the other people on on the stage. Firstly, I also want to do a little bit of a reset. So, to the many many people, we've had almost five hundred people come through so far. Welcome to the preservation of the human race, the fastest growing club on Clubhouse, the number one club for science fiction, and certainly the club in the top ten when it comes to finding out truths. We are evidence-based, but we encourage different points of views. We want you to come up and tell us your opinion. The only thing we do not want is hate speech or speech that is aimed at personal people for personal reasons. We want respect. We want professionalism, maturity, not talking over each other. Obviously, a bit of laughter now and then is also good but it has to be warranted. Anybody who is seen to be taking a personal attack on somebody else will fly off the stage faster than your Jimmy Choo four-inch heels could yeah. stumble off it. Um, okay. So we have some great mods on the stage. We have uh, Zensei. We've modded Robert, who's come in as a ghost. Robert wearing black, who's no, come in as a ghost today. Somebody's mic is open. Uh, Robert Black, can you turn off the mic? Um, we've got the lovely Robert with red on, <laughs> who has himself has sent me a wow paper because he is an absolute animal when it comes for evidential information. Uh, we've got Tammy because she is always superlative with coming up with the goods. Annette is just bang on when she comes up with things. It just makes my skin Ooh, come alive. Um, Daryl, Alex, Justin, Dr. Carver. Oh, I've lost Augustus. Jocelyn, Sabah, and Lisa Beasy are also on the stage. Please make sure you follow the mods and the other those on the stage who you resonate with. And please make sure you follow the greenhouse at the top to connect to our club. We hold many, many special events where we have VIPs. And if you want to be part of our VIP club and come and participate, then you need to join the club. I'd also like you, if possible, to click on my profile where you can go to links that are all about the types of discussions we're having today. There is a link tree and there is also a special app, which I'm going to put at the top of the page as well, called Padlet. Padlet is a link with links. It's a link with many links and it is also something you can save as a JPEG, a PDF, or just within your own Android or iPhone. So with that, we have had some excellent speakers on the stage, but I want to open it up and see if other people on the stage, we haven't heard from Jocelyn, Sabah, Lisa, um, and others. Would you like to comment? And would, in particular, somebody like to come up and say this whole 5G thing is probably a bit of rubbish and it's all a virus? That's what we want to know. Jocelyn, what do you think? Is she there? Lisa is. <laughs> Lisa, why don't you go for it? Okay. Hi. Um, I think I, 
see, I think it would be the 5G, but I don't know, because I don't know, Money Penny, you remember that I lost, I had thyroid cancer 20 years ago, and I don't know if that would be the cause from it. It was a very early stage of it, but they did take my thyroid out, and no, I didn't get the jab, thank God. So that's what I think. Yeah, that's a very personal story, and I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad that you're with us today. Right, on the stage, um, Jocelyn Sabah, Dr. Jin, who would like to go next? They're all asleep. Dr. Jin, you joined the stage. Oh, Sabah, you're going for it. Go for it. Okay. Yes, uh, peace to the room. Thank you for this space. Um, I would love to add to the conversation and have been yearning for this type of dialogue. Um, I, let's see, where to begin? So much wisdom has been shared and I've been doing my own research in my own um, world. I actually had my first child in June of 2020 and was, um, yeah, only child, <laughs> but um, was researching vaccines similar to the gentleman just before who said, you know, like during, during pregnancy, I was researching, you know, what are they requiring now and um, how does it, yeah, line up and just, just a deep dive in the rabbit hole of information that's uh, suppressed and, you know, kept from... <laughs> Um, from the public around the dangers in the, of them, but I know this is about 5G. It also somehow, yeah, my research took me to um, a lot of information that uh, there was a video, and I can't remember the the person who they've they since removed it now from YouTube. But right around June 2020, or you know, just before, they they correlated um, the pandemics with. Um, uh, advances in electromagnetic like frequencies of the earth, similar to what you what you did at the beginning of this room, money punny, and um, yeah, they they put in a whole presentation, and it was clear to me like, and and some other things that I researched that this five G um, thing and and around the same time at the beginning of the pandemic or the shutdown, they there was all these satellites that um, went up in the mm -hmm. air and was kind of part of this rollout mm -hmm. globally. So I think that might have something to do with the your question about like how do people in remote areas how are they impacted by it um, i think yeah there there's so many things so many layers of what's happening at the same time and i i feel convinced that it is um that 5g is is a toxin that or like the the impact of it has um you know creates at the cellular level a toxin that then um kind of emits symptoms that that seem similar to a virus right and um I, what else? There was, there was a 5G summit that I attended. It was a summit and a, like a immune, um, I forget the full name, but it was, it was like several days long and I watched as many sessions as I could. And it was interviews with folks who, um, some of them were, um, people who actually had, um, helped schools like become wireless and you know they had either maybe some of them had children in the schools some of them didn't they were outside consultants but then like through that journey and that process they realized the detrimental health effects of it like the children all had you know started getting headaches and sick and um you know they they tried to make more of a fuss about it but then um were kind of suppressed and um their information was censored from from spreading too widely because of the power of like the you know tech um, companies and um, whatever was you know pushing that the the schools go wireless. So so several accounts of that and um, 
uh yeah <laughs> but the if you if you want to look up the summit i know one of the founders was or person hosting it was sayer g j i is the last name and they um they're one of the founders of green med info which Sapa, that sounds really interesting uh if you see i've just updated while you were talking the link at the top of the page um it's an app that basically you can put hundreds and hundreds of, of links on it so yourself and anybody in the audience anybody on the stage can actually click on it and add a link. Now, if you could add a link to that, um, that would be great. Alternatively, if you struggle or have any issues, just send it on the back channel to me and I can add it myself. Uh, okay. The same goes with anybody else who's got research that uh, they would like to add for other people. Um, so anybody in the audience or on the stage can simply click on that link. Um, I think I have to approve it so we don't put links up to your own web sites and businesses which of course you wouldn't do um <laughs> but um yeah useful and sabah that's some really good stuff yeah it's it's loading really slowly right now for me but i'll yeah i'll do my best or back channel you um at some point like all of this because yeah there's so much there and um the correlation is really, yeah, strong for me and it's yeah a lot of people don't know about it i think um yeah, there's there's so many things that have aligned, and um... I think your baby wants to say something. <laughs> yeah, keen, keen, young age. Yeah, um, just that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to to get away from it. It's everywhere. The, um, you know, and and the impacts on the young. Like, there's there's not enough studies that. Well, there's just enough warnings, but not enough to be able to stop like the the impacts on. Um, yeah, the young ones and and all of us, yeah, different stages of wellness. And oh, I'll just add one more thing. Um that I did add that. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I totally agree. Facts. That That was that was important. That was good. Mm-hmm. The deep breath for all the just overwhelm of information too. But um but re related to the thyroid, I actually have experienced a lot of symptoms. Um that were shared about that and you know postpartum there's so many things under the whole umbrella of what could be um impacted and i've been dealing with a lot but but thyroid yeah kind of low hypothyroidism is is something i can relate to and um I'm, I'm, this is new information too that i appreciate i think someone shared um uh actually i'm gonna ask a question i think dr there was a there was a woman who shared something about what to, maybe what to look into for hypothyroidism. If she could repeat that, that'd be helpful. Something tech. Dr. Carver, is it you, Dr. Carver? Yeah, get low dose, low dose naltrexone. Low dose naltrexone. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna write naltrexone. Yes. Naltrexone. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm tracking that mm. and um, the bone marrow stuff and. <laughs> All the things. So appreciate all the wisdom shared and just wanted to contribute to it. And, um, yeah. Thank you. I think your young, enthusiastic supporter needs your time more than we do right now. But thank <laughs> you for contributing. Uh, and also, I'd like to welcome my uh, my good friend and supporter, Jackie, to the stage. Jackie in red. Hello. Can I just respond hey, briefly to Sabah, if I may? Yes, go yeah. for it. I was just going to say hello to Jackie, but uh, she's quite happy being quiet occasionally. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, um, loved, loved, loved hearing from both of you, Saba, uh, to be honest. Um, but something you just reminded me of, something you said, like, like just a, a, almost like a throwaway comment quite late on in your share, where you said, you know, you can't get away from it. 
that's really true. And there's uh, certainly in the West anyway, and, and particularly in cities uh, as this thing rolls out, but um, there's, a, there's actually a genuine um, uh, condition uh, which is about being, I, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a hypersensitivity to uh, electromagnetic radiation. And it's portrayed quite well by, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, better, meet, uh, better Meet Saul, Better Call Saul. His father, Saul's father, lives in a in a room that's kind of, you know, sort of lined with tin foil. He wears tin foil. He, he, he has all the lights off. He won't have mobiles in the, in the house, all that kind of stuff. Now, I think in the medical world, as far as I'm aware, there's still some con uh, uncertainty as to where that comes from, whether it's an actual thing or whether it's a, a mentally created thing by the individual. The, not, or it could be a mix of the two. I've really got a position on that. But, what, but what's true is that a small number of people genuinely suffer from even small levels and small amounts of radiation. So um, somewhere in the States, I've got a feeling it's in the Virginia area or the West Virginia area. Um, there's a, a large area that has attracted people like this to basically go and build a small property out in the woods and live because it's, I don't know whether it's declared itself EMF free or it just is by like accident of geography and, and remoteness. Um, so there's a lot of people have congregated there, but once you start putting satellites up into the air, I mean, that's not going to be beaming 5G because as Justin points out, it's a very short range thing, which is, means why we have to have, we'll end up having to have antennas every, I think it's every five meters or 10 meters or something very, very close together, high intensity of these, these antennas, which is worrying in itself. Um, but even so, once you get uh, internet in whatever form being beamed down, supposedly for, you know, the third world and developing world and all the rest of it, um, from outer space across the whole planet, then you just bathing the entire planet in EMF and there will be no getting away from it. And nobody seems to be concerned about the people who suffer, let alone the people who almost certainly will suffer as this thing rolls out, you know. Um, thanks, Nick. I just want to share that. Yeah, if I may respond. Um, sure, I'd love to, yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I actually am hi a highly sensitive, like, HSP mm. person, and I, I, I am aware of this, yeah, a little bit. I'm trying to learn more and trying to get it, like, documented on my, um, I don't know, medical records or something. But I, I actually moved um, a few years ago to be close to, like, the water, but obviously it's not really sustainable financially for me. I'm in the Bay Area, which is quite expensive. Northern California, and um, yeah, so much with yeah these times, but um, but yeah, I it, I have noticed like a difference in my nervous system, and um, just from getting away a little bit away from the city, um, but it's yeah, it's hard to get it like documented. But I'm gonna look into this community, and <laughs> I don't know if I can move to Virginia, but um, but it's I think worthwhile for more people to know about it and start forming some protections and um yeah and i've tried to also research the individual i have some things around my home to to manage the emf frequencies but and and on my body but uh but still yeah pink, uh, pink himalayan salt is supposed to be pretty good oh, lock, to lock like around well near particularly near the wi-fi and near sort of big sources but uh i've got um oh. i would send it to you mm -hmm. but it doesn't work anymore but i've got a little tiny light that is inside a i think it's a rose quartz or a pink uh himalayan salt crystal 
um, mm. and I put that next to the uh, next to Wi-Fi. And it's supposed, I don't know. It's supposed to, you know, limit it. I have no idea if it works. <laughs> Not a clue. I switch my have... Wi-Fi off at night. That's what I yeah, do. Yeah, I try to do that too. And I have a, I do have a big salt lamp. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking about the positioning of the router. Appreciate that. You can also look into Shungite. I think that really works as well. Mm -hmm. um, but you want to look at the specific uh, Shungite that that works and research that. I just want to add the million foot view. In my opinion is that we're facing an agenda that is a slow implementation of AI, displacing human beings in the workforce and in other areas, and phasing out organic humans altogether. So the transhumanist agenda that's often tied to these types of incidents, uh, like the vaccine push, you name it. You know, this is an attack on the immune system in general, virus or not. And so the cellular damage from the Wi-Fi leads to the over-encumbered immune system. So implicit in the cellular damage which is real, one can argue that does lead to a weakened immune system T cells or cells that can be damaged nonetheless. And therefore, by an evidentiary standpoint, you are now more susceptible to the regular viruses that we do face on a yearly basis. And so just regular flu deaths could go up, now, compromise in an over-encumbered immune systems due to the cytokine storms from the vaccine as well will contribute to the death rate. And so it's just like a smorgasbord, a mad scientist uh, stew of just increasing death and depopulation. Uh, all the while, you get the added bonus of demonizing the immune system. And so that, that is uh, by design. And so uh, there, there is an argument out there that, oh, oh, just the immune system lowering due to the 5G, you know, there's no virus needed, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's almost one-dimensional to be in either or paradigm. So I'm, I, I do agree with Money Penny. I believe it's a both. But, um, you know, it would serve them equally. And it would serve them to experiment on the exact levels of 5G that can create certain desired effects um, by lowering the immune system at certain levels. And also monitoring through the testing, all the you know testing, getting your DNA, monitoring what DNA in which human and what's most resistant that can best handle the radiation and therefore are better candidates for a transhumanistic program. And so due to the immune system failing worldwide, uh, you know, the ask will be we should merge with machines instead because the body and the organic body alone is just too weak and too sickly to rely on. And, and this demonization process of the organic body has already started by declaring natural immunity a myth, right? Many of these rooms, you, you say natural immunity, you get knocked off the stage. And someone told me to my face, you know, in some of these uh, Copeland rooms, let's say, natural immunity does not <laughs> exist. Serious? I got kicked off the stage saying that. And let me just land with this. <clears throat> They're going to say, you know, any natural solution to pathogens. Right now, they're saying any natural solutions uh, that boost the body's ability using natural processes to defend itself are banned, are censored. And so this is the rewriting of science. And so I'll go ahead and land there. Wow. Now, we are going to go to another short audio in a minute, but I want first to give Anne and Jess an opportunity to speak. Um as I don't think they've contributed yet. Um, Anne, first, would you like to come in and have a comment? Uh, I, I think I forgot my question, but I think it was um, somebody said something. I think it was uh, Saba. Um, I, would, I was uh, 
uh, I'm I'm very happy uh, to to read this um, <laughs> to read the headline of this room because it was something that I uh, you know deep deep inside you know um, I had my thoughts if one was. Uh, you know, if what 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 this whole situation is what, um, all about, and um, so it totally resonates with me. Uh, so my point was, if there is any uh, evidence of um, being, you know, if, if there is a difference of rural areas uh, and the impact of people living in cities, is the is there any any pattern visible already? Wow, great question. Well, I did look at that. Um albeit a couple of months back with a colleague that was in the US, because obviously I'm in the UK. And what motivated us to look at that was I went to look at the non-COVID related deaths and mortality rates. And I found something very strange, that the mortality rates on different types of illness had changed. If you look at the sort of top five or 10 non-COVID related causes of deaths in the last couple of years over the time of the pandemic, there had been the inclusion of a new sort of um, illness in the top 10 that would normally have been a lot further down. And that was actually cancer of the trachea, the nasopharyngeal region, and in short, areas around the head. And there was such a jump in it because ordinarily it would only represent maybe two or three percent of cancers. But there was a jump in it. And we then identified the areas that had had people that had died as a result of cancers of the head area indeed did live in particularly England and Wales in the more rural regions because that's where the 5G towers, the nuclear processing plants, a lot of the cyber technology and electronics were actually placed in more rural areas. But there was a linkage that we could see, albeit, you know, basic science linkage, showing that people that lived closer to these types of 5G and other technologies were more likely to be dying from cancers affecting the head. And then we looked at it exponentially and went broader and looked at it in terms of you can easily now go to a website that will show you where all the 5G towers are in your region, in your country, in your area. So, for example, in the UK, we've had 5G towers implemented up and running for almost two years um, for a long time, a long period of time. Whereas in the US, as we know, because there was a big debacle about airlines and airplanes falling out the skies only recently, that some parts of the US haven't had their 5G switched on until much more recently. But from that, we were able to look at different states within the 50 states of the US and pick out the states that were more likely to have these cancers, carcinomas, uh, tumors um, that were of people living closer to 5G or other type of electrical wave stimuli. So I hope that helps and answers the question a bit. Uh, yes, I d just want one question. What was the the the, the time period you were, you were saying, the last two years, uh, of, uh, you know, the... the um, you, the, the the cancers yeah the mortality data is quite um a lagging source of data it lags because people don't register of course. deaths of course. quickly of course. so um the data that actually relates to the mortality was only going back to sort of um from we looked at 
2018, 2019, 2020. In some countries, we had full data. But in the UK, we managed to get 2021 mortality data up till about June. And it was particularly the period of 2021 from January to June, where we could see this uh, carcinoma and cancer having increased quite significantly. Okay, thank you so much. I, I, I want to encourage everybody to look up where uh, 5G is. I mean, there's even um, a map at a I don't know if I, um, I think I normally I, I bookmark uh, links, interesting links. Uh, you can even look it up for all of Europe. You can see where the, I mean, at least in Germany, this, the, the, I live in Germany, in Germany, the, uh, I don't know what, what you call it. There's, there's um, a kind of minister, like, you know, a part of the government that de deals with um, network that includes radio and also um, um, internet uh, connection. And you can look up, each tower um, and you can they even put when they when it was erected and where exactly it is located in what kind of um, ele elevation like how many meters from the ground up and it's quite scary <laughs> to say the least thank you yeah thank you Anne. right let's just go to jess and then we're going to go to a bit more of the audio jess go for it yeah hey glad to be back and see familiar faces great topic um i remember in the research you've got here, Money Penny, this is awesome for anybody that obviously, I mean, I just joined the room, but just going on to the link that you've got, amazing stuff there. I remember really early in the pandemic finding a link between coronaviruses and 5G, and a lot of that was scraped off of the NIH website, um, redacted for whatever reason. Um, but I had joined a Facebook group, and so I wanted to put that out there that they do exist and it's shocking to me that they haven't been taken down, but they won't go in or allow any what they call quote unquote conspiracy stuff. But it's a good way if you want to get connected or involved locally to find that in your community and they'll help you um, keep track of the regulations that are happening and, you know, who you can write your senators or so forth, um, you know, against any any infiltration of 5g in your community it's it's worked well in ours um you know they have yard signs and you know whether you participate or not it's it's good to stay in the in the know so i wanted to just do that tidbit too so glad to be part of the conversation. thank you jess now the next little tape we're going to robert's going to play is from a declassified document from the american military and in the beginning part of this tape you will hear and understand more as to why this was held back and only very recently declassified because it refers to damages to the humans and the human health by different types of 5G and other technology, which the American government were aware of long before they admitted they were aware of it. And this is the reveal. Thank you, Robert. You got it. There we go. And it'll play in just a second. Let's talk about 4G, because 4G is 2.5 gigahertz. Do you know what else is 2.5 gigahertz? 
the microwave oven. The microwave oven is designated at the 2.4 gigahertz band uh, specifically for microwave ovens. Now this is before, of course, 4G LTE came out, and that's dangerous enough. Now we're going to go into 5G, which is 2.5 gigahertz to 6 gigahertz in low band, and it goes up to something like 29 or 39 gigahertz for uh, AT&T in the United States, or something like that. Some very, very high, high radiation, which is dangerous for many reasons, and I'll cover uh, perhaps in another video. Now people go, you know, Gary, why do you talk so much about medicine, microbiology, and things like that, you know, what gives you the um, authority to do so? For those of you who find labels and such things important, I actually have a degree in pharmacology from the University of California, Santa Barbara. Uh, pharmacology is microbiology, but also the study of the synthesis of drug systems, their side effects, and also what was ha uh, very handy included in that was biology, contact, uh, contact transmission, and epidemiology for pandemics. So it, it of course, uh, it's interesting that I would have had that training uh, it, it, to help out in a time like this, and also to take these kind of very complex things and kind of make it easier for the layperson to understand. Imagine if you took the microwave uh, door off your microwave and turned it on and left it on all day long next to a school. That's what we're talking about. So um, what are the symptoms of microwave radiation while we're on the subject? So. Uh, when your tissues are directly exposed to microwaves, the same violent de deformations occur and ca cause what's known as microwave sickness. Now, if you think that this is something that's kind of like not really a thing, I'm going to show you something from the Food and Drug Administration from the United States. But people who have been exposed to high levels of microwave radiation experience a variety of symptoms, including insomnia, night sweats, and various sleep disturbances, plus more. So let's look at what the plus more uh, says microwave radiation, microwave oven radiation, but remember we just saw that they're both at 2.4 gigahertz. So it says microwave radiation can heat body tissue the same way it heats food. Exposure to high levels of microwaves can cause a painful burn. Two areas of the body, the eyes and the testes, are particularly vulnerable to RF heating because there is relatively little blood flow in them to carry away excess heat. And uh, so, by the way, this is from the FDA, the United States Food and Drugs Ad Ad Administration. This isn't some conspiracy website or something like that. It's literally from the governing body of the United States government. Now, it says, are you experiencing symptoms of exposure radiation? Who made this chart? Look right down here. United States Naval Medical Research. It was declassified in 1972. So up until 1972, they didn't allow, this was a secret document, uh, of what the symptoms of exposure to radiation are. Now let's look at what they are. Brain. And I'll, I'll just ask you this. With all these cell towers going up, have you experienced increasing headaches, dizziness, nausea, difficulty concentration, depression, anxiety, uh, insomnia, fatigue, Fatigue uh, is something that I'll talk about in another video on how the microwave radiation actually interrupts the uh, oxygen transport of myoglobin in your muscles, which makes, uh, if you wake up and you have very stiff muscles or muscle aches, that, that comes 
from microwave radiation. Tremors, muscle spasms. Muscle spasms is what's talked about in Safety Code 6. It's nerve stimulation, okay? So tingling, also nerve stimulation. Altered reflexes, nerve stimulation. Muscle and joint pain, that's a big one. So people most often complain about uh, migraine headaches and joint aches, uh, leg and foot pain, okay, down here. So now the other ones would be digestive problems, abdominal pain, uh, dehydration, uh, dehydration, no, dehydration, that's a misspelling. Um, altered sugar metabolisms. Now this is a very interesting thing and I want to explain that. Altered sugar metabolisms. A lot of people when they're under a lot of microwave radiation wind up gaining weight and getting close to type 2 diabetes and the reason that actually happens is because microwave radiation excites a molecule called a porphyrin. A porphyrin is a very translucent molecule. It's um, a translucent meaning that it's kind of like a glow-in-the-dark stone when you give it light, it'll actually absorb the light and it'll retransmit it later, but it hangs on to that energy. And the thing about porphyrins is porphyrins are very, very much the uh, electrical uh, stimulation. We are all just electricity. And so what a porphyrin does is a porphyrin will attach to a iron molecule, which becomes heme in hemoglobin, and that affects the oxygen transport through blood around the body. If you have a porphyrin molecule that's been microwaved and it's constantly buzzing, it doesn't allow the oxygen to attach to it. So what winds up happening is people have a hard time with their oxygen uh, intake. It, it comes across as hypoxia. It looks like elevation sickness. Uh, because they're actually breathing really hard, but they're not able <clears throat> to get enough oxygen in their bodies, and that's hypoxia, and that becomes because the porphyrin molecule has been disturbed enough so that it affects the binding to iron, which then becomes heme for hemoglobin for oxygen, uh, oxygen transport throughout the body. The way microwaves work is that it hey, actually hey, stimulates water Robert? molecules. You'll notice I'm when sorry you put for it interrupting. Paper. Go ahead. Hey, Robert. Um, you're getting so technical that a lot of our people that are listening cannot understand. So we need to keep it to a, a, a suggestion is just so that everything we teach, we need to teach in a method that the general population can understand, not the high techs, not the lowers, but just the middle group. And that's what we're reaching out to because the middle group is what we're after. They are the biggest influencers right now. Thank you. Tammy, that was my choice. Um, it is my show, and I've deliberately pitched the show at quite a high level, so I apologize for that. And I do apologize, particularly if for some reason people are messaging you saying it is too high a level. Um, that means I must apologize to the audience. Um, however, I have chosen this level, and I hope that those that have questions, because the level is too high for them, will ask those questions either on the back channel to the moderators or by coming on stage. Um, I think this requires quite a high level because we need to decide whether or not something very technical in terms of frequencies, wavelengths and radiation, all of which are technical subjects, are potentially part of the pandemic. So I apologize, but Robert, please could you continue playing? Sure, here we go. And just a second, it'll play. Sounds okay? Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Here we go. Inside a microwave and turn it on. The piece of paper won't get hot. The way that microwaves work is it stimulates and excites 
the water molecules inside the food and it rubs them together so fast that it creates heat and it cooks the food from the inside. That's what happens in uh, cellular tower uh, exposure. So uh, the altered sugar metabolisms, I wanted to get back to that, is because porphyrin is actually attached to the last enzyme in what's called the electron transport cycle in the mitochondria and that affects the uptake of glucose into the cells and when the glucose cannot come into the cells then it winds up pooling in the blood a lot of excess glucose in the blood is elevated glucose which looks like insulin uh, starts to pour in which also looks like type 2 diabetes when you have a lot of sugar uh, in the blood system that leads to weight gains. Okay, now eyes. This is one thing I always notice when I go in a high radiation zone, pressure in or between the eyes. One of the first things that you'll notice when you go into a high radiation zone is your eyes will feel salty, gritty, and dry. Um, you'll have deterioration, deteriorating visions and in long-term exposure you will form cataracts. And that's because, the, like I said in the previous thing, when the eyeball uh, heats up, the uh, excitability of the water, because water in the eyes, in the vitreous humor of the eye and in the testes does not flow very much, then it winds up pooling and getting cooked. So it's horrible for that. Heart, palpitations and arrhythmia, chest pain or pressure, pressure, lower high blood pressure. Let's talk about palpitations. Because people, you know, they go, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I'm feeling like, ooh, my, my heart's racing fast. It, it's um, it's starting to beat really quick. That is because the heart is speeding up. We have a pacemaker, and the pacemaker is, of course, electrical, as is the signals that are coming in. Also, it stimulates the, uh, the pumping of adrenaline. So you feel, you'll probably go, my gosh, I don't know why I'm so anxious, or I'm so nervous, or I'm irritable, completely out of nowhere. If you journalists, you'll say, hey, nothing happened. Why am I so ticked off? Why am I so afraid of the future? Yes, of course, there's you know the lockdowns and everything like that, but you've probably experienced them before with the increasing level of microwave radiation. This is not something from a conspiracy theory site. This is literally from U.S. Naval Medical Research, and it was declassified in 1972, which means they didn't want you to see it until 1972, but now here we have it. So if you have any of these symptoms, then you could be experiencing symptoms of microwave radiation. And interesting enough, let's look at some of these things. Do they sound a little bit like um, uh, maybe COVID symptoms? So there might be a correlation. Some people are, uh, you know, attributing it to that. But um, it, it, these symptoms, if you present them to a physician, they will definitely test you uh, for COVID. Right, let's pause it there. Um, Robert, thank you for playing my tape. As I said, that was um, information that was only declassified very recently, and it was information about what happens to the human body when it is exposed to radiation. Um, obviously, you know, he wasn't even talking about 5G. He was just talking on a generic basis. But what I was trying to demonstrate with it is, again, the similarities. And this is, I mean, Dr. Carver sent me a message on the back channel, and, and it's fascinating because our problem here and the whole point of the show, the room that I wanted to do is to try and debunk, you know, can we categorically say that there's no virus? No, we cannot. Can we categorically say 
that it's nothing to do with 5G and radiation. No, we cannot. So we are in that hinterland of, is it a bit of both? Is it a bit of both plus something also to do with the vaccines that might accelerate damage from the 5G and or the virus? Um, and it is a huge, very, very complex, very, very big um, question that we can't possibly answer for a few hours with a few people on Clubhouse. I understand that. But what I was looking for, and I think I'm getting, because I'm getting some great messages on the back channel saying how interesting this is, is just a discussion that might make some of us think, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Let me go off and look at it. And that is the purpose of the link at the top, which a lot of people are finding useful, which is a link to links, a link of links. And if you'd like to add to the link of links, um, then just do so by clicking on the top. But also you can keep that link of links and go off in your own time and space and do a bit of your own research. Because as always, when we've got something this complex, which as we know is life threatening because we've lost many lives in the last couple of years, everybody would like to know the truth. And so we all want to go off and be able to find out something or cross it off a list. We started talking about house, <laughs> Dr. House, having a very complicated patient and he wanted to rule out diabetes or rule out indigestion or rule out something else. What we're trying to do here is rule out things, but before we can rule them out, we need to get a better understanding of them. And then when we say, my hair's falling out, do we know whether or not that's caused by a virus in COVID or by exposure to radiation? We don't. So where do we go from here? That's my next step, really. Is there anybody on the stage who'd like to take up the challenge of ruling something out? I have an idea, just really quick. Go and uh, I also want to say I love the idea of being like house. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah, I love them. But here's my idea. If we can look into seeing if animals and plants are damaged, then that might be an indication that we're dealing with radiation rather than a virus, which is not going to affect the receptors on certain animal or plant species. My God, give that woman a big, big uh, kiss, hug, whatever it is. Dr. Carver, do you know, I wasn't going to say anything because I thought people would think I was even more mad. But one of the reasons I started this, as you know, is because I started experiencing things like big burns on my arms and my hair falling out. But the other thing is, I live alone in terms of humans, but I have two small dogs, two little Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, who have been bouncy, happy little dogs until two years ago. Both of them had had over 7,000 pounds worth of medical needs, examinations and problems in the last two years, which is unheard of. And the most recent, my smallest one, went in because he suddenly lost all neurological control of his bladder and his bowels um, and seemed to be acting very strangely. Now, while I was sitting in the waiting room of the vets with other little dogs around, I started to, probably not very subtly, ask other people what was wrong with their dogs and whether or not it was something normal. And all of them said, totally abnormal, out of the blue, bearing in mind they all live in Cheltenham next to the same 5G towers I live next to. And I just didn't even want to say something because spookily, I do think there is a connection. Absolutely. I can see the medical flashing. Would you like to go or are you just applauding? 
Uh, no, I'm a holistic vet, so I do very much want to go. <laughs> so I've been a holistic veterinarian for 23 years, and I will absolutely tell you everything that any of these speakers are speaking about, I have seen. And eight years ago is when I figured out that it, the thyroid disease was off the charts, I am considered a thyroid expert in dogs right now. I have the earliest detection mechanism. Oh, we've lost a telephone call. Larynx. It affects. You might have a lot, but you watched It affects our larynx. It affects our trachea, our esophagus. It affects every organ system. And what I know is that it's the heavy metals that are actually making everything worse. So I have seen a horrific increase, and I'm in the United States, so we don't even have that much of a rollout of IG yet. But just with 4G and the chemtrails and whatever the new chemicals and heavy metals in the chemtrails, I do urgent care medicine by telemedicine. I treat clients all over the world. But in the last seven years, I'm telling you, I made a, a very close observation that every time there's moisture in the air, the animals are sick. So when it's heavy fog, and there's lots of evidence that, that the metals in the air not only are on their coats, they're absorbing it through the pads of their feet, but it's also reflecting radiation. So if you're covered in moisture, you're breathing that in, hence the whole issue with the respiratory. So all of this, there's no way to pull it all apart because we are very complex, multiple, you know, cellular and systemic organisms. And so it's all related. But the other important thing is to understand it's destroying the biome and especially the glycophosate. The glycophosate is um, one of the worst. And so it's destroying the biome of our brain as well as our sinuses, as well as our gut. So I see seizure issues, tremors, um, and one of my first early treatments is actually making sure that there isn't a thyroid component. So this is actually my debut on Clubhouse because um, I couldn't, I just happened to see that this was the subject matter. Um, but, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry, someone's trying to call me. I have to do um, another line under Dr. Amara because um, that's what I practice under. But what I'm here to tell you is uh, Lyme's disease is also not just a specific viral component. Same with Epstein-Barr. I don't believe any of it because I've seen totally, cats. Totally agree. Thank you. Thank I have you. seen, listen to this. I have seen cats who have been strictly indoors and little four pound dogs go on an airplane trip where it's seriously high radiation inside an airplane. And when they get to the destination, they can't even walk. 
and they're diagnosed with Lyme's disease. These things are injected into us in multiple vaccines. And then when we get irradiated at a certain level, there's a tipping point and our biome can't handle it. That's what's going on. So any of you folks who want to get into more discussion about that, Money Penny, I'm just so excited to get to know you. But, and also Dr. Carver, I think too, because this, you know, we've got to get this information out there and I'm gonna start podcasting. I'm pulling back on all my urgent medicine because I have to be able to reach the masses because pets are our preventative medicine. I'm so glad you said that. I didn't feel as much as I was. They're aging seven to 10 times faster. So they're letting us know. And what we need to do is stop going to the doctor and create a healthy home environment. You can do electro um, magnetic pulse therapy and magnesium. And there's a lot of things that we can do. I, uh, my specialty is homeopathy. So I pull everything out with homeopathy in a very eclectic way. But it's, there's a lot of stuff that we can do and we need to get back to earth. Dr. Hebler, you are so right. And thank, <laughs> thank you, you so much. Thank right. you, everybody. <laughs> You're so welcome. Absolutely. Round of applause from everybody on the stage. Honestly, that was brilliant. That was great. Wow. We have got some class acts on here. Um, Who is next in this? And I want to say, first of all, uh, before we go next, Amanda has joined us on the stage, who's one of the leaders of the preservation of the human race. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us. Um, we are in big discussions. I don't know how long you've been listening, but we are deep into some really uh, well technical stuff, medical stuff, a bit of everything here. But I think we are making so much, um, you know, progress in terms of understanding it. But also, in some ways, we now I think most people will be a bit more confused because you learn more and more about this and you realize the huge great big crossover between what the body and how our health reacts to things we can't see i.e radio waves and whatever and what viruses we are told viruses have produced for years but particularly with SARS-CoV-2 the kind of symptoms the reasons people are dying the things we're seeing in ourselves and our loved ones have all been mentioned as a result of radiation 5G and electromagnetic frequencies um Amanda did you have you been listening do you want to contribute yet Oh my gosh, Money Penny! I love when I get a chance to be in your rooms because they are—they just make me feel like I'm not crazy. Can I just tell you guys? Like five years ago, six years ago, <laughs> I started having dreams. For those of you that don't know me, I'm very intuitive. I'm in the metaphysical world, and recently, I just took a job at a hospital, which is totally weird, right? But I think that the universe puts you right where you're supposed to be. Um, but one of the things when I was listening to the good doctor talk about, um, you know, skin issues, like with everything that we're dealing with, my hair's falling out because I had COVID and all the things and the doctors tell you, you know, it's, it's starting a shed cycle and stuff like this. But this started happening like four years ago and, and increased once I got COVID. I'm not vaccinated. 
And then to bring in the dog portion of this, I have two French bulldogs and I breed French bulldogs only for waiting lists. I'm not a breeder. Don't, don't start harping on me, but, um, it's crazy. My two-year-old bulldog started having seizures last year for absolutely no reason. She has no health issues. She's been taking care of her whole life. She's like a little kid. And all of a sudden she starts having seizures. Nobody can tell me why. And then the last point I want to bring up is the trachea issue, right? So we moved from Utah to Colorado. It's a lot drier here. Um, the humidity levels suck, which is why everybody has bad skin and all this stuff. But the water is also really hard. So your body doesn't actually absorb the way that it should because of all of the extra hard water. But our skin is a disaster right now. I mean, adding masks and all this other stuff, you're not getting the right oxygen. And then I got a notice, <coughs> excuse me, in my little brain wave that says, you know, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And it was about shungite. And so I bought every single person I know a shungite, shungite bracelet because it actually helps with the EMF, like countering it. And the people that wear it don't have as many issues as some of the people that I've noticed that have worn it, even if they've gotten vaccinated, even if they have COVID, I don't sell shungite. I'm not, I'm not uh, promote, promoting a business or anything, but it's incredible to hear other people talk about some of the same exact things that I've noticed in not only my healing world, but as working um, in the hospital, it's just like, when are people going to actually wake up and say, all of this is connected to this big, gigantic um, plan that has been put into effect for many, many, many years. We're just seeing the tail end of it. I think we're going to see a lot more and it's just money, Penny. If I could hug you, I would. That's all. Oh, oh. Can, I, really can I just say, uh, Something back to uh, Dr. Amara. I've just absolutely yeah, go for said, it. and it just raises just raises a couple of very small, quick anecdotes, just in support of one of the things you were saying, and we've been talking about in terms of radiation. Um, my dad, uh, back in the fifties, did national service, and I've uh, just managed to get a hold of his photograph albums, and he was there. He was all over the Middle East and Africa, and his job for the RAF was fixing radar. I always remember him telling me the story once where. Um, he learned to, um, uh, what do you call it, divine, uh, like water divine. And, and you can once you know how to divine, you can divine metals and cables and all sorts of things. So he used to divine where the cables were, where the cables ran uh, into these uh, radar installations. But every now and again, they would turn up to one to fix it, and they would immediately be able to see the problem because there would be uh, a, a slab of concrete, let's say a, a car park or something like that, if you can imagine, just outside of a, of a radar installation. And across the car park, in a perfect line, would be a load of like dead beetles and mice and frogs and you know whatever else has tried to cross there, because underneath that uh, piece of concrete is a cable. The cable is carrying either like, whatever it was carrying, whether it was I don't, know, I don't think radar gets carried by cable, but whatever it was was broken. It was emitting e EMF of some form. And killing all the little critters that came across, you know. And the other one um, that I was going to mention was a friend of mine, uh, dear, dear friend of mine, old friend of mine I've known since I was four. His son uh, joined British Airways um, as an air steward. Um, it, it's, it's such a stereotype. He's, he came out as gay and then became an air steward. Um, and uh, lovely, lovely fella. And but he told me once, he, he's been getting some weird things over the last couple of years, but... Um, he told me once that I didn't realize this as, as an air steward, long haul air steward, he's limited to how many miles he can fly in a year. I think it's 7,000 off the top of my head. Um, 
but it's a little bit like a truck driver. You can only do X number of hours before you have to stop. And, and with, their, with their steward, or any air crew, I guess, uh, 7,000 hours is your tops. And the reason is, as, as somebody mentioned earlier, because you're up at that high altitude, you're being exposed to cosmic radiation, which I think is mainly gamma rays. Um, and of course, they do sort of bounce around outside the aircraft, but I'm fairly sure a fair bit of it gets in. So they actually limit the amount that you can be in the sky because of that. So those are just two little anecdotes that, that you know, support this kind of idea that, you know, we, we're not, we are uh, electromagnetic beings, but we're being bathed in electromagnetic magnetic spectrum much, much more than we, than we're ever naturally designed to. And um, of course, it's going to have an effect, you know. Thank you. Oh, thank can you. We've got I a few more say... people on the stage. Yeah, pop in, Jess. And then can I just hang on a second, Jess? Sorry, I'm loving oh, yeah. you now. Um, we've got a few people on the stage um, that haven't spoke that have joined recently. We're still sort of operating uh, popcorn. But um, if we can just give them um, yeah, a minute or so to um, do their little introduction, say why they're interested in the topic. But I want everybody on here to start thinking the other way now, because I want everybody to think what doesn't fit, what does not fit with the argument that it is not just a virus, what doesn't fit. That's what I'd like to know. So, for example, why did millions of people die um, who lived in different places across the world that were not necessarily close to 5G or exposed to 5G, or were they? Were they? And can you prove it? That's I need to know the alternative argument. And Zensei, my co-partner in crime running the room with me, who's been very quiet, is, is going to play devil's advocate because he volunteered for it. And he's going to also bring up some ideas. So start thinking, guys, because I've got to just go to the last few people on the stage here. Then I want to start thinking what doesn't fit. Why could it not be just radiation, 5G and waves? Why does it have to be something else? Okay. So... Michelle, I just, oh, Jess, sorry. Jess, no, no, I just wanted to say I will, I would love to participate in that. But Money Penny and Amanda, I breed Royal Frenchals, PTR. You can see my recent litter. Royal Frenchals are Kevlar King Charles French Bulldog mixes. That's all I wanted to say for right now. Yes. <laughs> you can't do that. No. Okay. Right. I yield the mic. Michelle, Isabella, and then Theodore uh, while I cry. And look at these pictures. <laughs> oh my goodness. You get a follow for that. <laughs> Hi everyone. I love this room. I was just actually coming in um, with my boys and I said, oh my goodness, I need to listen in. And um, I actually am not a doctor. I'm not a health expert by all means, but I am, a, of course, in my own experience with, you know, raising two boys and learning about the food system and whatnot. But besides that, um, my uh, two of my colleagues, I live in central California and both of them are very much one to be kind of quote unquote in the in the know of what is kind of really what we're seeing is the other side, not what the media is telling us. And they are all both extremely healthy. They are not vaccinated. We all had the same symptoms of um, migraines, feeling nausea, um, just could not even function, had to lay down and tell myself to lay down for four or five hours, which is unheard of for any mom for that matter that have active little kids. And this was around the same time frame. like mine happened on a Saturday afternoon. I was out for the count all day. My other two girlfriends, um, there were both in our forties and we're like thinking, are we already in perimenopausal stage? Like this is crazy, but 
it was call it coincidence, probably not, that it happened to them as well. And we're in the Ventura County area where apparently the 5G was um, getting boosted. I don't know exactly what they were doing, but um, looking up on a website, I think it's called antennasearch.com, pulled up. And of course, you know, there's one like a mile, not even half a mile near a boys and girls club. So that was just my experience I wanted to share with the room. And I really appreciate everybody's um, insight and all the health knowledge. And I love the Shungite, by the way, I have Shungite myself too. And I have little ones around the house because my boys, they love to be on technology. And again, that's their generation, but I have to get them outside too. But, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And um, I yield the mic. Thank you. Great share, Michelle. Great share. We're having a dog competition now, just if anybody's seen my profile and I look kind of different with floppy ears. Um, that's my youngest one. Oh my God, Jess has got so many dogs. Isabella, go for it. Nick, can I just say those are perfect dogs for children? I know. Don't. Oh my God, look at Oh, Isabella. Hello, how are you? Thanks for having me here. So yeah, so to answer your question, I think the last thing you were saying was, um, first of all, I'm Isabella McLeod. Used to be a nurse, registered nurse for 23 years, and I've written several books um, since 2015, Metamorphosis, Nano, and I was a best-selling author this year with uh, the Wellness Universe. So um, so actually, I know a lot about um, bioweaponry and vaccines and a lot about um uh, uh, probably electromagnetic um, caught illnesses that can be caused by electromagnetic energy. Um, my book Nano is about that. I actually have Lyme disease and a really unusual illness called Margellans. Um, what I can say to you, we'll go into a lot of stuff here, but uh, if you want to do, if you want to um, help yourself with 5G radiation, I use grounding mats. I turn off my Wi-Fi. I use Ethernet cables. Um, I get chelation therapy. I think if anybody can afford to go to a naturopath and get your heavy metal levels tested, um, it would be an awesome thing. And I was toxic for heavy metals. I get a lot. I do a lot of chelation. Everything like that can contribute to um, EMF issues. I am extremely sensitive to EMF due to my illnesses. Um, I actually like I said, take chelation. I ground myself constantly and I find it extremely helpful. Um, so I'm thinking, so what Monty Penny was saying about the, as far as going, if you don't have 5G and you're still dying of COVID, I believe, and you can think what you want there, conspiracy theorists, whatever, but um, I think the vaccines have nanotech in it and also uh, Lyme disease and Morgellons, all is like a bioweapon, everything, the three are all related. Um, I think they developed a lot of things over the years that many people may or may not know about. Um, and I actually think it's genetically can predispose certain um, people to like elderly in particular, people with any uh, predisposition to core mor morbidities and even races maybe to get depopulated by this uh a bioweapon. So, and that's probably really out there for a lot of people, but I actually know a lot of stuff and that's why I wrote my books, but I just wanted to mention that to everyone. So I'm Isabella. I'm complete. Thank you. Isabella, that's a good shout. And it's brought up something that I missed that I, you have just reminded me of because I'm not vaccinated, but I had COVID and I've got long COVID. And obviously there are many people who got ill with COVID who pride themselves now on having great natural immunity, who have not been vaccinated, but still obviously can exhibit 
some of the um, uh, you know medical symptoms. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, in long COVID, for example, there is a huge amount of people with autoimmune. Now, we listened earlier on to how radiation smashes the immune system. So that makes a bit of sense. But why are so many people with long COVID suffering from rheumatism and arthritis, particularly? How would radiation and technology do that? Those are the types of things I want to start thinking laterally about. I want to start thinking where the questions perhaps can't be answered. Um, so great share, Isabel. Let's just do Theodore, and then we're going to come on to that discussion, Devil's Advocate. Theodore, to go away. Uh, take it away for us. Hello, hello. I met you in Success Airlines. Um, you did? Nonetheless, I did. I did. I added you on uh, Instagram, and I've been following you ever since. I should contact you. You're probably so popular and busy, you just looked me over, but it's all good. Nonetheless, I'm Theodore. Um, I don't have... I'm just a, a, a entrepreneur who uh, does good work in the community. I was I was in I really started learning about some of the stuff behind the scenes when I was incarcerated. I was in the military and I made a bad decision in the military. Uh, don't have to go there, but I was incarcerated for seven years, and I used to listen to the AM radio. I mean, when I tell you the gems that AM radio provided back then, it was it was it was crazy, and then just some of the stuff that I used to just take notes out. I just actually went back to some of those notes and I'm just like, wow, this stuff is spot on. So, uh, once I got out, I just started uh, studying and researching and I ran into this guy, Dr. Vern Coleman, this, this, uh, elderly white dude who was, he just had sit in his chair and talk about some of the stuff that's happened in the last 20 to 40 years. And, and he just kind of, just kind of just like, man, let me just dive into some research. So I got on Facebook and I started meeting all these people who was in Montreal, learning about the Jesuits and Rockefellers and so on. And I'm just like, okay, I love all this stuff. So, and I've just kind of gravitated towards this area. And I just, any, any chance that I get to study or research something with somebody to talk about, I do it. That's pretty much what all I do all day. I'm not working right now because I had surgery. So I'm just at home and snowed in anyway. So I just research everything that comes out of somebody's mouth, whether it's true or not because it's truth and everything. So uh, 5G, uh, one of my mentors, he's a committed priest, and he was talking about 5G and how he worked with it, and it, it wasn't bothersome, it wasn't nothing. I'm just like, okay, it just can't be nothing. Then I started seeing these maps everywhere of where 5G was versus where uh, uh, coronavirus, this is before they started calling COVID, before when coronavirus was out. I'm just like, okay, it's got to be something to it. So and I started doing my research and just said, bang, there it is. It's right there. They got 5G, they got 5G, 6G, all the way up to 13G. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. And it's just, and there's so many people have no clue about that. Or I should say no clue. They just don't want to have a clue about it. It's like people don't want to look under the bed and see the boogeyman. So I'm just, I'm just a truther. I'm just trying to find the truth out. And, and, and I feel like I've reached my purpose and, and I'm just trying to get to my higher, higher self. So any room or person that I can be involved with to help me get there, that's where I am. So I just appreciate the opportunity. Oh, bless you, Theodore. Thank you so much. And, and that was a lovely share. Um, there's a dog competition now going on. Dr. Carver is showing off her dog as well. If you'd like to PTR, the girls have gone dog silly. Um, so I'm me. We're going to... I'm me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we're starting a trend here. Um, but, yeah, this is fascinating. So we've also worked out from Dr. Carver's suggestion that we should look at animal cells and plant cells to see if they've equally been affected. Great thought. Love that logic. 
Now to Zense, who is going to, because he volunteered to play devil's advocate, is going to look at the alternative point of view of what we cannot explain, perhaps, with the 5G route, or what are the things he thinks, lastly, we should consider. Yes, I think what's also likely is that although a genuine virus is released in my perspective, uh, herd immunity just with that plan alone could set in, right? The virus could go away, right? They say certain strains are already extinct, for example. And so uh, faster than they can pull off this medical tyranny, by the way. And so I think it's interesting that the boosters are constant because then that could be a way to inject a variant into the populations, facilitate and contribute to the variants occurring to keep it going and literally dispersing it in an effort to prolong the pandemic. Now, along with inflating the numbers, and we've seen this from an obvious attempt and manipulating different numbers to keep it going as well, <clears throat> the true effects of 5G, right, as it's being rolled out, is now going to have a smokescreen from COVID uh, having similar symptoms and having the immune system over encumbered, you name it, same thing. And so in a way, they're providing smoke screens for each other. But now we cannot discern whether 5G is safe simply because it's being rolled out and was expedited during the lockdown. And so that I find the timing uh, very interesting. So uh, the true effects of the, the fact that we can't detect which is which, all the while 5G is propagating effects on human immune systems that can inflate the numbers as well, don't forget, and have people going to the hospital to see if they're going to get tested. So that further propagates it as well. So 5G could be that uh, added component to keep it going on even longer if we do get to a level of herd immunity and this thing would have petered out and become endemic and become rather benign, now you have a situation where 5G could add an additional smokescreen to a prolonged authoritarian takeover time period and a desired effect of inflating the numbers even further and propagating the, the pandemic further. So I think it is using part and parcel all of those things. And so activating technology in a way to keep it going. And, uh, you know, if, the, if we weren't going through this type of, uh, it's essentially a deception, a long-term fear and control plan at a time that if we activated humanity's potential, uh, given our technology, we'd take off and ascend toward our full organic potential, uh, which is very dangerous to the survival of the current power structure we live under and the governing bodies that are, are really in the death throes of a dying human style of, of leadership due to the amazing uh, technology we've amassed. As far as the uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, that's when the immune system actually attacks the joints. And I do know uh, that spike protein, perhaps from COVID, but certainly uh, from the vaccine, can be lodged right? Either on the organs or in the joints get stuck there in an attempt to attack the spike protein. Uh, the immune system could also attach, uh, attack the uh, joints attached to the spike proteins, causing the inflammation. So that's possible. It's, it's certainly possible that that's interrelated. And I go ahead and land with that. Great builds. Uh, is it popcorn style now? Yeah, sure. I guess I'll go ahead and do a full room reset here uh, while we're waiting here. If that's okay with you, Money Penny, are you still here? All right, maybe she's a little caught up. 
In order to ensure the preservation of the human race, we advocate for a shifted mass consciousness towards love and unity and forgiveness, creating war no more spaces free of senseless conflict or violence, and increasing our spheres of influence to facilitate spaces of love dedicated to preserving the human race as we move to facilitate communities of human beings who use technology consciously. We stand eternally at the ready to pull you up a seat at the table of manifesting miracles by tapping that small greenhouse at the top next to the title of the room and following the mods and those you feel called to follow. This helps you by curating the spaces and rooms that allow your mind, body, and spirit to feel uplifted the most. So let's aura up and jump in. The floor is open. Um, hi, this is Jocelyn. Um, it's been in the news since 2017, um, what's now known as Havana Syndrome. And um, just uh, recently, I think yesterday, uh, again, they've determined that it's pulse electromagnetic magnetic energy, particularly in the radio frequency range that is the most plausible explanation for what the diplomats experience back in late 2016 in Cuba. Um, they had symptoms like um, air pain, dizziness, nauseousness, severe headaches, and some of them heard a particular sound, a high pitch. Um, sound uh, during their attacks and um, initially um, all sorts of theories circulated that they were suffering from mass hysteria. I'm sure many in the room have followed the story. Um, they even claim it was a cr uh, the sound they heard was from a cricket and then toxins were blamed. Um, but um, thank God there are people who think outside the box, you know, if this was happening, um, then Cubans would have been coming forward with the, um, with the same symptoms. So yes, it was eventually determined that it was, um, uh, so pulse radiation, which is under the umbrella of microwaves. Um, and I remember reading about their dogs that um, had, um, that were acting on uh, quite weird, um, had on, uh, they were just not the same. Um, and um, a functional MRI showed that they had decreased white matter. So, um, I have studied this extensively because um, this story broke in 2017, well in 2012, something out of the ordinary happened. I really don't want to get into it here, but in early 2013, I experienced those same symptoms. And I heard and recorded the same sound that was later heard by the diplomats. I shared my story with a reporter who told me a trustworthy gentleman had come to him with a similar story. So I'm here to report that what happened to the diplomats, what happened to other government workers is not just happening um, in that circle. It's happening to none 
government personnel. It happened to me. And um, I, um, according to the lawyer who is representing some of the diplomats, he said it would be naive to think this just started. This technology has been around for decades. So it's a misnomer what they're saying that it's Havana syndrome. It's not Havana syndrome. It just didn't start in Havana. This type of thing has been going on since the 1960s when Russia bombarded the U.S. Embassy with microwaves. Um, today, when I see stuff like the use of baby monitors, I cringe because, um, you know, what we what we're doing to the developing brain is um, unconscionable. Um, so I'm here to say that I'm a victim of this horrific evil, um, this venomous crime, that it's not just um, 5G, you know, but it's also weaponized. Um, and I just read today that um, non-standard antennas and techniques uh, could send signals through air and buildings. Such sources exist that are concealable and have moderate power requirements, according to the report I read. It's in CNN, um, BBC, um, I um, did a, a wonderful article as well. So, um, and it goes on to say, individuals accidentally exposed to electromagnetic energy signals which include radio waves, microwaves, and x-rays have reported sensations similar to those reported by Havana syndrome victims. So this stuff is real. Somebody texted me, they saw me in this room, and they said to me, um, this room is spreading misinformation. Why are you there? Not knowing that I am a victim of this horrific evil. Thank you for allowing me to share. Oh, well, Jocelyn, I will say I've known Jocelyn quite a while. Um, I've known some of the horrendous things that she's been through. You are such a strong woman, Jocelyn. I have so much admiration for you. And it must have been a year ago when, when I first spoke with you and you, you were so honest in telling me things that a lot of people would just dismiss or cringe about. Um, and in the last couple of days, even, as, as Jocelyn rightly says, thank goodness we have had at last, you know, some proof, some evidence and confirmation that everything that Jocelyn suspected was indeed correct. Um, Jocelyn, bless you. Thank, thank you so you. much for being thank brave. Thank you and for your support here. and encouragement. I could never have survived this. And uh, just to um, stress the headaches that are associated with this, I have a high tolerance of pain, and I never thought pain like this existed. So, yeah, thank you for your support, uh, Money Penny. Um, just Isabella here, I'm just wondering if I could say one thing as well, just to interject. Um, I actually know Jocelyn as well, and I'm actually a victim of electromagnetic targeting as well. And Jocelyn and I know each other briefly because we both have the same experiences, and we've chatted with 
both of us to a reporter. So my books are actually, the second one is actually about that nano. First one's about metamorphosis. And the second one is about being electromagnetically um, tortured. And I have tons of reports that are formal from doctors who know what's going on and I could go to court with it, but it's just a useless battle. But I'm actually writing my third book to a continuation because I've had so much awfulness happen to me as well. And I'm not, you know, I'm not competing with Jocelyn or anything. Jocelyn and I both have discussed what happened to both of us. So I just wanted to show support of Jocelyn because she's so brave and amazing as well. And and that's why I wrote my books, just because I know that no one's probably going to believe either one of us of what we've been, been through. And that's why I wrote my books. And that's all I want to say. Thank you. Wow. Isabella, have you got a link that we can share to where your book is? And I can put it into the group of links at the top. Um, just send it to me on the back channel if you've got it, because I, I personally would be fascinated. I'm sure many others on the stage would equally. Um, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Now, I've just had a back channel message from Robert Red, and it is short, simple, but mind-blowing. Would you like to share, Robert? Oh, where's he gone? He might have nodded off because he said, I might nod off, but please, could you share this? And what he's sharing is what I asked for, which is, let's challenge this. Let's say that it is not all down to 5G and radio frequencies and whatever. And Robert's question or solution is very simple. If it is all down to all the radiation and frequencies and is not virally led, why aren't the people behind this all getting ill themselves how are the people that set this all up keeping away from it if it's all this stuff in the air that we can't see and it's everywhere how are they protected anybody yeah so a lot of these uh, individuals have signed on to something that they themselves uh, have very little say in I know a lot of them are uh, rather prisoners to either blackmail or they're simply uh, far too deep in, and they're not necessarily all in the know, uh, far from that. And so when you have that situation, um, you know, you can look at the blackmailer in chief himself, Epstein, the New York Times said that many scientists had actually visited the island. And so high level scientists, I mean, why would he bother blackmailing anybody low level? And so when you have such a compromised unit, special unit of influencers, it becomes very trying. And so perhaps uh, it's a matter of risk assessment. And in their mind, uh, well, first of all, I mean, we've seen the video, but I don't know if you've seen the Mariah Carey footage where it's a retractable uh, vaccine and she's not even taking it. And you can see it retract. And I can send you that money, Penny. I think you might be interested in that. Um, but, you know, we have video proof evidence uh, that they're not taking it. And certainly, why would we believe that if they did take it on camera, it was what we were taking. So, you know, it's possible that some of them did. And not all of them are read in, if you will. And so I'll go ahead and land there. Thanks, Sensei. And the other thing is, uh, interestingly enough, uh, that uh, you, you came in the room, Jocelyn, and said, oh, don't go into that room. It's all, you know, conspiracy. Well, the whole of the room... Uh, is evidenced by the research that all of us have produced and a lot of it is accounted for in that link and if we were talking in conspiracy with no evidence we would have been shadow banned by now we've been on for several hours um so they can't disprove it because we've evidenced it all so ha ha <laughs>
Right, exactly. And this is Jess. I think I think what they're at the top thinking, based on the research already available, there's a 2017 study from the Rockefeller Foundation, nonetheless, um, where they manipulated a virus, right? So we've heard, did this coronavirus come from a lab? Was it manipulated or not? So they manipulated a virus, they pumped it with furidins or something. And I'm not a scientific person, but I am a journalist at heart. I have a degree in that. So reading between the lines and then doing the right research, I'm pretty good at, I'd say. And in essence, they did this study with mice and they were able to control them. And I kid you not, the, the name of the study was flipping a switch inside the head. And so I think the bigger, um, the bigger play here is do does 5g create coronaviruses probably in your body to be more susceptible and to be weak what it's going to take is an injectable of some sort like a vaccine that's been altered with graphene oxide in this case it was let me get this up it was uh furitans or something um that can replicate you need a virus that can replicate in the body and then you use the frequency, the AMF frequency, to control the mind. And I, I got, just got it up here, and I quote, once the virus had enough time to infect and transform the target neurons, the researchers switched on a radio transmitter tuned to 465 hertz, a little below the band used for AM radio. The neurons responded. And in this case, it was mice, and they were doing a, an experiment where they were trying to get the mice to think that they needed to eat. It was something to do with glucose, and they targeted that specifically. But I think that's important to think about in the greater picture. Perhaps this whole, you know, virus, uh, you know, can 5G create coronaviruses? Yes. The ultimate end goal is an injectable, I believe. Um, that has the right type of, you know, aluminum, furitans, graphene oxide, that type of particle that ultimately will um, will be mind control. And literally in this article in, in from the Rockefeller, Rockefeller Foundation, how to outfit a brain for radio control. So I'll land my plane now. That's what I'm thinking. Thanks, Jess. Um, there's a, a lot of good stuff in there, and there's some of the stuff I know is a little bit wrong because I've gone into the science of it, but the thought and the strategy and the linkage, I believe, is correct. What I'd like to do now is I'm going to get um, some lovely, uh, lovely person who's going to volunteer to talk rather than me because obviously I've got this uh, trachea um, long COVID thing um, to read a bit of a peer-reviewed published document which is entitled, actually, um, well, let me get the exact title for you, Evidence for a Connection Between Coronavirus Disease 19 and Exposure to Radiofrequency Radiation from Wireless Communications, Including 5G. So this has been published in PMC and most of the medical journals. Um, and I just want us to look at what has been published and accepted, which is claiming to show the evidence for a connection between COVID and 5G. Let's just have a listen to the abstract and the conclusion. Who would like to volunteer to help me by reading a bit um, sure. on the stage? Well, let's go ahead. Brilliant. I've put it in the back office, so go for it. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> the background and aim, this is the abstract once again. Coronavirus disease, COVID-19, public health policy 
has focused on the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus to SARS-CoV-2 virus and its effects on human health while environmental factors have been largely ignored. In considering the epidemiological triad agent-host environment applicable to all disease, we investigated a possible environmental factor in the COVID-19 pandemic, ambient radio frequency radiation from wireless communication systems, including microwaves and millimeter waves. SARS-CoV-2, the virus that caused COVID-19 pandemic, surfaced in Wuhan, China, shortly after the implementation of citywide fifth generation 5G of wireless communications, radiation, WCR, and rapidly spread globally, initially demonstrating a statistical correlation to the international communities with recently established 5G networks. I want to pause and say I am just in awe. This is from the uh, NAH.gov. And for you to have, have dug this gem up, wow, kudos to you, the astute money penny. And Thank uh, you. <laughs> this is this is amazing. And so uh, where did I leave off here? Okay. In this study, we examined the peer-reviewed scientific literature on the detrimental bioeffects of WCR. Again, that's the wireless communications radiation. And identified several mechanisms by which WCR may have contributed to the COVID-19 pandemic as a toxic environmental cofactor. By crossing boundaries between the disciplines of biophysics and pathopsychology, we present evidence that WCR may, one, cause morphologic changes in erythrocytes, including echinocyte and roliax formation that can contribute to hypercoagulation, impair microcirculation, and reduce erythrocyte and hemoglobin levels, exacerbating hypoxia, amplify immune system dysfunction, including immunosuppressant, autoimmunity, and hyperinflammation, increase cellular oxidative stress, and the production of free radicals, resulting in a vascular injury and organ damage, an increase in intracellular CA2 plus essential for viral entry, replication, and release, in addition to promoting pro-inflammatory pathways and worsen heart arrhythmias and cardiac disorders. Wow, I think that's worth pausing right there. Yep. So all those that are in the audience reporting this room for misleading information, that was from the NIH. Thank you. Wow. I mean, I am I'm I read it and I'm taken aback. Yeah, this is from directly from the NIH. Anybody that wants that, go ahead and back channel me because we have it's, the scholar yeah, herself. in the list. Yeah. It's already on the oh, list awesome. of clips at the oh, top. There it is. How handy. Anyone want to comment? The floor is open. Yeah. I I would love to add a few things. Um First off, because uh, I've known all this information for a long time, so I just want to give kudos to Money Penny um, for digging it up. 
But I also, and I want everyone to hear that it's all radiation. So I know that this particular room is really trying to focus on 5G, but like I said, in the United States, you know, we've only just started to roll out 5G and I've seen all this stuff for a very long time. So the number one issue with all radiation and direct exposure is the phone that we're all holding right now. So I just want to give you, um, you know, some proactive tips. One is always put it on speakerphone, put it on a table. You know, if you can actually plug in a speaker where you can speak um, from further away, three feet away from your phone and all the radiation, like over 90% drops off. Put it on airplane mode when you have it in your pocket or on your body and then just take it off when you need it. If you're expecting a call, then obviously you need to leave it on or, um, you know, keep it away from you. If possible, um, one of my four pound dogs, a uh, little chihuahua, had two seizures with my daughter when COVID first hit. Never had a seizure history before, but unbeknownst to me, because I was in the other room, she was streaming stuff on her phone. So there's a lot of evidence out there, and I'm a clinician. The other things I wanted to talk about specifically is the rheumatoid arthritis and the skin issues. Most people forget, but the skin is the very first detox organ. So you're going to see everything in the skin first. So when puppies have issues or kids have issues, it's usually going to show up in the skin first. Then the parents and the doctors are suppressing it with antibiotics, antifungals, and worse, steroids. So then it moves deeper in the tissue, and guess where it goes? Immune complexes that actually go into the joints, the connective tissue. So for young, healthy people, the thing that I'm seeing besides the skin is actually repair delays in any fibrous connective tissue, including ligaments and tendons and soft tissue. So beware if you had any of these things already. And people wonder, well, it's, you know, just certain people that have, or animals that have sensitivity, no folks. This crap has only been around for like 15 years, and it takes 10 years to see radiation damage. So unless you were blessed like me to grow up in an issue house that had wiring, wall wiring issues, then I probably was hypothyroid as a young age, as a child. Seeing a building biologist because they come to the home and evaluate. But if you've been exposed to toxic mold, guess what? EMF in the home created the toxic mold. Uh, literally 100,000 times more rapidly will mold or yeast or candida grow in an EMF field. So the take-home message is get your house looked at by a building biologist, start to follow people who know about this stuff. Because not just 
COVID symptoms, but every freaking chronic disease that we experience, especially endocrine or hormonal, is completely avoidable if we start taking proactive things. So get the shungi, do the earthing, watch the earthing movie, literally an hour a day outside, start with five minutes, three times a day, listening to your favorite song and dancing. And remember, love is the ultimate healer. Thank you so much. Beautifully said. Super, super awesome. Everybody check her out, support her, uh, send her some love. Uh, she's just a wonderful addition to the room. It's mind-blowing, mind-blowing stuff. Um, did you mention that movie? Could you send me the details on the back channel and maybe I can share it? Because there are a number of really amazing movies that portray themselves as sci-fi that are so bloody close to what is going on. I'm sure we can all name them. We should do room on it, actually, at some point. But it is fascinating how many movies, even the new James Bond one has got, you know, messages in there that are so similar to what is happening in the real world. I think it does us good to be pre-warned and almost doing research, watching a sci-fi movie on Netflix. Um, sounds crazy, but it does actually help you put it in perspective. Monty Penny, you just Isabella, just sorry to interject, but I saw the James Bond movie too. It's totally about nanotech. The other thing I was going to say is Earthing USA and Canada, Earthing Canada, you can get grounding mats, sleep with them, sheets. I sleep with cords on my feet every night. It'll totally improve any inflammation that's in your body. Any, it'll, it's your frequency in your own body. The earth has its own, you know, Schumann, you know, resonance. If you, it, it has saved my life actually. So I can't even tell you how important it is to ground yourself to the earth, get grounding uh, little things on your sneakers and shoes because you cannot uh, touch the earth properly with the rubberized uh, shoe that you have now, you little cords that can go on your shoes and you can stay grounded to the earth all the time. And it is, I can't even tell you how important it is. So just really super wanted to mention that. Thank you. There's a good commercial idea to do all that stuff for dogs and cats and pets as well. We get them all the hats and blankets to make sure that they are grounded and looked after in the same way. I mean, I'm not talking sneakers with little things on, although it'd be very cute. But I bet you there's a commercial aspect to that. I could tell you my cat loves it. She goes on the grounding mat. It's like she inherently knows that it's good for her because she's. I have the grounding mat all over the place, and she climbs on it and sits there and grounds herself with me. So they did definitely know the pets. So thanks. Yes, and as I'm talking to you all, I have what's called a block it pocket. It's an EMF blocker for your cell phone. So when you're doing this, you're chiming in with us, you can always throw it over your phone, you know, protect yourself. When I take it off or I leave it off, I can instantly feel some sort of energetic uh, heart chakra, uh, almost attack. And so it's so relieving to have, and I highly recommend it. Back channel me if you want some information on that as well. We've still got some new people on stage that haven't been able to speak yet. I just wondered uh, if any of them would like to. Uh, Trisha, you're down the bottom. Do you want to contribute? Before that, I also want to add something. Um, Sorry, we've got a bit of noise there. Was that Sabah? Um, do you want to go ahead and then we'll see if Trisha and others want to talk? But we're getting popcorn. So look, we want ideas of things that don't fit, that don't make sense, that maybe don't add up. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> What, um, what I'm adding is, uh, and then I have to step away from the room, just, yeah, appreciating 
everything that has been shared and it's aligned for me in really significant ways, especially having yeah, a young one. And I have a defender shield. I wanted to add that um, case on the phone that protects it and have it on speakers. I appreciate the tips that were just shared a little while ago. And I have, yeah, been slowly uh, aiming to do that within my home. And yeah, it just echo that importance and grounding as well. And um, I also want to, I, I don't consent to being recorded and I know their replays are on for this room. So I wanted to name that. And for different reasons, I'm obviously, yeah, for exploring the ways to, yeah, express in these spaces and also be mindful of, yeah. So, but if you prefer to send me comments in writing, I can just well, read them out. I'm, and thanks for not interrupting me. I'll wrap up. Um, but I just wanted to name that. I'm realizing how this topic and the censorship of things are, it's heightened too in, in these times, especially. So I don't consent to be recorded. I know that may make it interesting with the replays, but I just want to name that. And also wish everyone well. Yeah, love is the answer and caring for ourselves and we are the earth. Um, and yeah, the, the preventative measures of the tending to children. Just one more actually question if anyone has an awareness of if anything has shifted in um california in particular like within the last several days um yeah if anyone knows that that would be helpful for my situation now and and yeah just curiosity and then thank you i'm gonna yeah step away from the room after that gratitude to the moderators and um yeah to tend to other things so putting the talking piece down thank you Oh, right. Okay. Trisha, Rebel Elder, would you like uh, to comment? Ooh. Yeah, just a, just a brief one. John Cannon, a.k.a. Rebel Elder. Uh, sorry I didn't get here earlier. I was modding a room, so I got in as soon as the room finished. Anyway, my question is, um, has anybody seen the Jimmy Dore interview of uh, two of the authors of the Great Barrington declaration and how do you put that in context with uh this room if at all or whether that's an intermediary point or how you would classify that that's that's all i got thanks very much for listening good anybody zen say i bet <laughs> jimmy Dore sounds so familiar can you refresh us or oh, what happened in the interview uh just that i think he's the only one of, of i mean there's there's so little press that isn't tied to you know, to big corporations, I think he's one of them, uh, the few that I follow. And he had um, the professors from Harvard and Stanford. I think the other one that uh, wrote the original letter was from Oxford, if I'm not mistaken, but he was not on. But Jimmy Dore is a non, he's on Substack and uh, Rumble. And then, of course, he has an edited version that he can put on YouTube and he's very much skirting the line with uh, almost getting kicked off of YouTube. Uh, you know, big surprise. Yes, yeah, certainly. I, you know, I haven't looked into that, um, and I'm sure he has some, some awesome documentation, so maybe back channel me some of that, but I just wanted to read the relevance for patients part of the NIH.gov money penny I pointed out because this is groundbreaking. And so essentially, in short, and this is coming straight from the NIH, right? In short, WCR or 5G, they're admitting this, listen, has become ubiquitous. 
environmental stressor that we propose. This is the NIH proposing that it may have contributed to adverse health outcomes of patients infected with SARS-CoV-2 and increased severity of the COVID-19 pandemic. Therefore, we recommend that all people, particularly those suffering from SARS-CoV-2 infection, reduce their exposure to 5G WCR as much as reasonably achievable until further research better clarifies the systemic health effects associated with chronic or long-term 5G WCR exposure. So essentially you have become the experiment as we alluded to earlier. Chronic meaning long-term, we have acute evidence that they're suggesting, in fact, recommending that you lower and reduce the WCR, the Wi-Fi, the 5G. I mean, it's right there. They're saying, you know, you're especially at risk if you get this virus that we know we can trace back to Dr. Fauci. And the NIH themselves put out a report saying he did gain a function. So we have a felonious criminal as our head immunologist released this on us. And now the very organization, he technically heads up the NIH AID, but the very organization he heads up is essentially admitting this, that the 5G, which was rolled out conspicuously uh, during the lockdown, during this pandemic. And, and look at that. It's a two-pronged attack. It's a perfect storm. Anybody want to comment on that? Just wow. I mean, I got that paper and I looked at it and it was it was very quickly. I was racing through to get things ready for the show today. But when you read that and I listen to you reading that, it is just unbelievable that particularly a paper in a big medical journal authored by the NIH is not been picked up. And what you just said about the NIH encouraging people with effects really long COVID and similar type things, um, and the NIH admitting that, you know, 5G and uh, radiation influences are a part of this and warning you to stay away from it. Why on earth has that been hidden away? I'm just as well on just, I was just gonna say like, it's the same with um, Canadian, the trucker thing going on right now with us. Um, the I was following mainstream media, following everything with the, the truckers doing their own little, you know, individual independent news reporting, not just the truckers, but everybody. And it's so false, the narrative of the news. They do not uh, want to, and you know this cause you're journalist too, man and funny, but you, yeah, like they do not, say anything. I was even following Parliament, the talks of the Prime Minister and everything, and they are not saying anything about reality, which is going on. They're saying there's swastikas going on in Ottawa. They're, they're saying there's like burning Canadian flags and basically like maybe one or two weirdos who are probably paid by the government are doing it. So that that's just the norm and you know it anyways, but with the government, they don't they don't do not go out of the way to not tell the truth. So I just wanted to mention that. Thank you. Yeah, 
Good point. Now, we've got to a stage where we've been on for more than four hours and <laughs> certain people like myself and Zensei uh, and Robert Red and others have been on the stage for four hours and probably not even left the stage for um, food, water or whatever else it might be. Um, so we are at a stage where I need to find out whether or not we want to carry on the room now or whether we regroup and carry it on at another stage because this is a massive, massive subject. And I've got a few questions, first of all, I'm just going to answer from the back channel. Um, a few people have sent links, which is great, which I have been adding some of them to the Padlet at the top. Now, just to explain, the NIH article, for example, is then say read out. If you click on Moneypenny 5G Research at the top of the page, that will take you to a couple of pages of links. And they are links, some of them, most of them supplied by myself, um, some of them supplied by other people, and some of them tell another side of the story. Um, they're not all links um, that say the sorts of things that we're looking at that are showing a positive relationship. Some of them question it, and that's what we want. So I'd like you to look at those links. The NIH document is towards the bottom of the links. And it is under a title of um, Coronavirus and 5G Link. Um, you'll find it because the URL has obviously got NIH in it. So do have a look at that. Um, and if you have just joined the room, I to get some doctors in here. The doctors are in their own room telling everybody else that this room is spewing out misleading information, which is a real pity, considering we've just read out an NIH document. Hey, come. <laughs> oh, um. Um, but we are going to continue until the top of the hour, which is 10 minutes. So if you can ping anybody in or message doctors and invite them to come in, I'd love to hear their side of it. I really would. Um, but I'd also like to apologize if some of the stuff that we've been going through is a bit techy and a bit medical and has got deep into different types of cells and cell reactions and protons and electrons and all that sort of stuff. But I would say if you go onto YouTube, there are some fantastic videos like the one we played a bit earlier, which was a higher level MIT lecture. But there are some that are aimed at sort of um, a child of 12 to 15, um, giving you the basics of radiation and all things linked to it. And actually, that's where I started, <laughs> you know, many moons ago with those. It's really helpful. They're all there online and uh, they do represent a very good sort of um, starting out level um, for anybody that's a bit confused. Now, let's see how many people are awake on the stage. And <laughs> specifically, I'm talking to Daryl and Alex. Are you there? <laughs> <laughs> Probably sleeping. Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm okay. here, but I'm on a busy road. And so ah, okay. Will Alex, will thank be you. If I speak, but I'd love to speak. If, um, can you hear me all right if I speak now, or is it too not? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit bubbly. If you can slightly put the volume up. Well, I don't have a control. That's, well, that's better. That's I okay. Speak, have a go. I can speak louder. I can speak louder. I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, look, um, I, uh, I don't believe in chakras. Let's come out straight up with this. I don't believe in chakras, um, and I don't believe in. Um, um, that's just one thing. You get the idea from my saying that where I'm coming from, but. But um, I, uh, uh, I don't believe in chi, for example, or Tao, or, 
or karma, right? So, um, but but let, let me say a few things about um, about I'm, I'm leaving up the slides for it now. I might get it wider. Um, uh, I'm actually at my lunch. So, um, look, just because there are electromagnetic waves, just because electro, electromagnetic frequencies can cause damage to human health, uh, it doesn't mean that they all do, right? Because sunshine is electromagnetic radiation, and so is the heat from flames, for example. So, it may well be that there are certain frequencies that resonate with certain phenomena in the human body, and there was a guy called, I've uh, recently discovered a guy called Richard, or I think it was, or something like Wright, it might have been Wright, back in the early 20th century, 30s, I think, who discovered that they were ways of treating cancer using uh, sort of beams of electro electromagnetic radiation. So it seems they can actually have a therapeutic value as well. Um, and of course, he was demonized and suppressed because they didn't want anyone being cured of cancer, of course. They wanted to be able to make lots of money off sick people. So, um, uh, so that was one thing I wanted to say. And also, there seems to be two questions here. Is, is, that, is the mayhem we're experiencing now in human well-being uh, just the result of electromagnetic radiation? Uh, that's one of the questions. And not at all a result of the virus. And the other question would be, is the mayhem we're speaking we're experiencing only the result of the virus and not at all the result of electromagnetic radiation. So there are three possibilities. It's just it's only the virus, only electromagnetic radiation, or it's both. Of course, another fourth possibility is neither. So we could be up, going up the garden path on both of them. But um, I suspect there's at least one of them, those two things. So I just, just wanted to draw the attention to that. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was from very early on in today, it was pointed out how pandemics seem to have correlated with the introduction of new technologies, new electromagnetic technology, right? Well, correlation. I want to know how many pandemics came about when there wasn't the introduction of electromagnetic radiation, right? Because otherwise, it could turn out that they're actually quite frequent somewhere in the world. And uh, I mean, how widespread was this pandemic? Did the pandemic correlate well with where the x-rays, for example, were, were emitted, or was it all was it just closed? Those questions like that. Another Alex, we've like just that. about lost you, but I think we got most of that. My volume actually is, oh, is not as good as oh, other people. Cool. I think we got most of that, and it was good because you were challenging, is it just this, is it just that? Um, that's exactly the sort of thought process that I was hoping this room we, would provoke, we, we, and I'm hoping we, we, people we, will can go I, can off and go into that. I've got one more point. I've got one more point. Okay. Um, uh, one way of checking whether one interesting thing to investigate would be whether Davos is um, has got 5G installed, and if it does, whether it's switched off during the WEF conference. That's what that might be interesting to, to find out during the WEF conference when all the big wigs meet there, because they're all that's where all the hotshots, you know, of the globalists gather. The top most powerful people in the world, as far as I know, maybe the there are some even more powerful who meet, who don't ever meet anywhere, and they just live in their little citadels, protected from 5G and everything else. But I thought it'd be interesting to check whether um, in Davos 5G is switched on during the WEF conference. 
Interesting. Sensei, yes, you know, you to that, I would say, I think that on the latter end of what you suggested, <clears throat> Alex, is that Davos is just simply some puppeteers. And, uh, you know, they'd be lucky enough to flee uh, to what's underground, unacknowledged special access programs, uh, things that are beyond uh, what most imagine who dwell on the surface of this planet. And so there's so much going on that is, uh, we're going to be able to uh, have a little bit of time this next 10 years to come to grips with that it's so important that we activate our parasympathetic nervous system and prepare for a lot of these truths, uh, Alex, because I think you're right. I think there are a lot of sacrificial lambs out here. And again, even the best laid plans can go awry. I mean, you just had it right there. Even if it's a form of karmically clearing themselves, the NIH simply put out, oops, yep, 5G rollout. Oh, yeah, you know, we do believe, you know, it's almost a cover your ass moment by them. We do believe that it could exacerbate, you know, the COVID. You know, we, we release both. I mean, they're approving both. You know, Fauci, I don't understand how he's not in jail. He escaped Obama saying that the fact that it was too dangerous to work on the back coronavirus research. DARPA turning him down with the major whistleblower coming out of DARPA from the Marine Corps saying, nope, it's too dangerous. And he confirmed it. This is not conspiracy theory. He confirmed it in Senate hearing testimony. And you had Trump saying that was too dangerous. And he did it anyway. And you have the 5G rollout that we all protested. They call this ridiculous. They also call this ridiculous when we said Bill Gates was a bad guy. Now they can't escape because his own wife divorced him from being Bill Gates' best friend. Then they have to press him. There's so much egg on the media's face. And, you know, we are bringing, we still can bring you documents from the source of, of essentially, uh, where all these detractors get their documents from themselves, the NIH, and improve our points and contentions. And so when I say there's a lot going on beneath the surface, I mean pun intended, and certainly the citadels you're referring to, they, they are real. But, but can I just... Um, yeah, go, Alex. A little, little bit on that, and say, look, you, you seem to be suggesting that you have access to knowledge that we that is too much to blow our mind, and we need to be parasympathetically prepared for it. As though you have, to me, that's that smells like a rat, right? That smells like you are, are hoping to make some sort of um, killing out of revealing it slowly and getting money off it, or willing winning followers and, and forming a cult around you or um, that kind of thing, right? So why don't you just tell us what it is that you think we need to know, what you think is we need to be prepared to hear, that, as much as you know. Or if you don't want, if you think some of us will be, will be, too, too, it'll be too much for some of us, or that we'll turn against you and hound you out of uh, the planet, if, if they're telling it, telling it to us or whatever, why don't, why don't you um, send me in the back channel what you think? Right? I don't, I don't understand why you're concealing. You seem to be concealing something. You don't want to tell us. So why don't you just explain yourself in that regard? So I think the question is half fair because the question is premised on that somehow. I am withholding this and I'm not willing to share this. You know, I've shared this on the stage many times and, and I, I think the question is always also premised on that I am the mere holder of this information and that it's you personally, Alex, that don't understand this. I think by and large, uh, you will be able to handle the situation. I'm talking about the revelatory period that we're in, where you have the average American citizen uh, watching CNN, watching some of these programs that they don't even recognize, you know, uh, that there is, they can't imagine 
that there is an evil and they project their good willing uh, mentality on their leadership and on everybody else and, and they cannot perceive uh, how deep this goes so i'm not talking to anybody in the room i'm talking about the masses um but to your point i mean you can <laughs> you know how deep do you want to go uh you know we can discuss this all day long um but, well some but, people for example still think that they're a lizard they're a lizard creatures dressed up as humans running the planet right um so if you want to support something like that then i need massive evidence for it uh, yeah i think that's so, outside the brains of this room actually lizards we are not getting on to um so I'm, that I'm, might I'm take just, us I'm off i'm just i'm just i'm just i'm being using an extreme example because if sensei isn't saying that he's got information he seems to be saying that he knows there is information that will be revealed later that, that he's not entirely sure about right which may be true, but again, to have such confidence about it seems... Sure, no, let me, I'll speak to that. So, let's just look at, it's it's honestly a circumstance that we're dealing with right now. You have government uh, documentation officially admitting things that the media seems to obfuscate, underreport, or just simply omit. Uh, for example, June of last year, uh, you had the Pentagon Papers come out confirming 144 different instances of unidentified aerial phenomena, which they are no longer using the term UFO to save face for the fact that they were denying UFOs existed for the past 70 years. No, nowhere am I getting into uh, lizard creatures, dressed up costumes, whatever you are suggesting. But what I am suggesting is the mere fact and evidence that the Pentagon has come out and and stated this now you also have that on the heels of nasa saying he believes in civilized organized beings you have that uh an underreported detailed rollout of the university center for politics of virginia the uh second most authoritative person in the united states the director of national intelligence coming out and saying that as far as what's going on in space do remember you have a space force if you are in the united states a publicly dis displayed a front-facing space force and you have the director of national intelligence saying she would be fired. This is a direct quote. She would be fired if she told us what was going, all the cool stuff she had going on in space. And so we're merely scratching the surface. We don't have, uh, you know, access to classified programs. All we have is to go off of uh, individuals that do have access to what's openly admitted that we must not know that uh, this person's whole job her literal responsibility at the current director of national intelligence is to keep this, to omit this information from us having to do with space. So not only that, you have the fact that uh, you have the Moloch statue again with Epstein having the Moloch statue, uh, that's provable. You have the Moloch statue at Bohemia and Grove again, investigative journal proof of that video proof of that and that ties to ancient druidism ancient uh, you know child sacrifice and we've seen this from an evidentiary standpoint all around the world and kind of this belief in this perversion of a conditioning space um, deluge and you know all the rest of it we've seen depraved acts of epstein is real we've seen um, him in cahoots with the likes of bill gates and others that's obviously real uh, or Bill Gates' wife wouldn't have divorced him over that. So there's a lot to critically think about and synthesize that could shock the immune system when put together. And I certainly think uh, the truth comes to the light. So either way you slice it, of course, uh, I think within the next 10 years, uh, people waking up to the news, uh, you know, this information uh, slowly being drip fed to the public, uh, certainly uh, we're going to be in for a ride.
Would you? Would right, you thank, thank you. you. Um, Alex, sorry, I'm going to pause you there because I am exhausted. Um, not only that, you know, being ill makes me more exhausted. Um, it's my room. It's been a fantastic, amazing discussion. Thank you for all the lovely messages on the back channel from everybody. I'm also losing my voice, as you can hear. Um, just a couple of back messages that are important. One from the doctor, the medical doctor, um, saying, obviously, there is a way to avoid 5G is to use a phone that is not 5G capable. And you can run your phone on 4G um, and avoid it. Anybody that is ill as well. I mean, there are so many different ways that you can just try and stay away um, from radiation admitting sources you've got sources in your own house that you've heard about today um, there are many sources online that will tell you how to do that and you can go onto your friendly online shopping amazon type thing and simply put in emf um, protective clothing for example that's one of many things you can do um, also on the back channel i've got some lovely amazing links from dr carver amongst others um, far too many for me to upload at the moment um, but i will be doing that so do take a note of the link at the top. I think it is also on my profile. Um, we're coming to the top of the hour. I want to say a huge thanks. And um, first of all, Tammy, did you want to say anything before I close? I know that I um, have been relying on you. Um, do you want to say goodbye or add anything? Tammy? Hello? She might be snoozing. Okay. So thank you to Zensei, Tammy, Robert, everybody on the stage. Um, been an amazing room we will definitely do more on this topic because it's definitely excited a few people to the doctors that are listening to the recording of this ha ha it's an nih document and please come in you are invited anytime you clearly were too scared to come into our room this time but you're very welcome so we hope to see you next time when you've actually got a bit more confidence <laughs> <laughs> right we're gonna what do a the lovely room thank you <laughs> five Four, three, two, thank you for coming. One, goodbye.